hear that music, it can only mean one thing. We're back, baby. To help kick off our 100th episode, we sound a little different, look a little different. But as always, we're bringing the tricks and treats to keep you on your toes all episode long. So pour your white wine over ice and roll yourself a fat one to help us celebrate 100 episodes of THC True Hollywood Crimes. a better sound we deserve this oh we earned it cheers cheers to 100 Woo! three years later baby hey everyone welcome back to another episode of thc true hollywood crime i'm your host mariah this is your host bailey for the 100th time welcome back to thc oh so crazy instant tears i know not only that i saw today i believe on tiktok the only reliable news in my life i think today is the 30 year anniversary of nightmare before christmas fuck yeah it came out on october 13th like 1993 and i was i that almost made me cry i was like oh my god i love it Uh uh-huh we've been planning to do this on friday the 13th for the at least past couple months so but I'm we so made it. It's happening. It actually happened. Incredible. Woo. We have so much. We have many tricks and plans mm-hmm. and surprises up our sleeves for this episode. Mm-hmm. Going forward, you might notice that uh, you know the beginning might sound a little different. We might look a little bit different on Instagram, but it's still us. And we're just, you know, might change things up a little bit. Revamping, you know, because we're ancient 100 years old now. It took us three <laughs> fucking years. Oh, my God. But yeah, so Friday the 13th in October. And we have like a, like, what is it? A solar something. A solar eclipse tomorrow. Crazy. I know. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So where do we even start? What do we even do? Presents. I got presents. Presents. <laughs> Of course, we have 100, 100 episodes. I was a 100 year present. I know. I'm convinced because it took us 100 years to get here. 100 episode present. Your bag's big. Okay. I'll go first. Please. Little present ASMR. Mm-hmm. It's a white box with a tumbler, a wine cup. You might need light. No, I see it. Partners in crime and they look like us. I got to pick the outfits and everything. I got to design the hair and pick what you're wearing. I love it. You're wearing a Jason mask. I'm wearing the ghost face mask, which is so fitting because look at our shirts. Uh Uh-huh. You're wearing a Jason outfit and I'm wearing a scream outfit. Could not be planned. (laughs) That is so funny that that actually happened that way. I got to pick the weapons we're holding. Oh, I didn't even see the weapons. What are the weapons? I obviously have a machete. Yes. You should have have a knife. 
Nice. I was trying to. It's read got that. our names on it in the smallest print imaginable. And it says, "When you're in jail, a good friend will be trying to bail you out. A best friend will be in the cell next to you, saying, "Damn, that was fun. Cute. I love it. And of course, oh, I have a matching. Uh, yeah, obviously. I mean, come on, we're not going to just do one. one we're not tumbler. Amateurs around here. And I thought a tumbler was fun. Yeah, because now we can take it on the road. Yeah. We can go anywhere with that it's bad the, boy. It's going to be the perfect Halloween cup. Oh, I'm going to save mine for Halloween. We'll take it on the test drive for trick-or-treating. There we go. All right. Let's see what, oh, yeah, me. See what we got. Ooh, we got another box. We like boxes around here. <gasps> scream the game. It's a scream board game. I haven't even seen this. And I've seen other like games floating around. Nope. Scream board game. Awesome. Yeah, I saw a Texas Chainsaw Massacre one come up. Okay, let's see. So the brutal killer ghost face is back in Woodsboro, and you'll have to combine wits to stay alive. The clock ticks down. Help each other escape the murderer. Oh. So work together game. It's kind of like maybe the other game that we have, the serial killer game, uh -huh, right? But watch out. If Ghostface calls you, love it, you're his next target. Oh, yeah. You download the app, and he calls your phone. Shut up. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, he calls <gasps> your phone. How exciting. It's terrifying fun. You'll die to play again and ah, again. Ah, the best. Okay. Well, that was exciting. Great presents. So since we went on to opening things, should we open your package? Uh, or should we save that for we'll, later? We'll wait a little bit. Okay. Let's get into it. Let's warm up a little bit. Okay. So let's see. What, what do you want to do? Life update? Haven't you been married for like 13 years? Um, didn't you get married in 2010? I got married in 2009. Oh, fuck. All right. I thought years. I thought you were 13. Okay. No, 14 years. My kid is 13. We got married. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As classy people do, we got married before. I'm just I know. I love it. Um, And we are moving mm -hmm. again. So that's the way it goes. Um, Just not too far away. Too far for you to bicycle. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. But it's so funny because this is like probably our last night in this house. Like we're moving as we speak. My yeah. husband's loading up boxes while we podcast. Right. And then that happened last time I moved. We mm -hmm. were podcasting as, as they were moved. like moving furniture around. Absolutely. So that's kind of funny. But we are excited. We're probably going to trick or treat the new neighborhood. Yeah, the new neighborhood is real like family friendly it's just cul-de-sacs no like big main street so i'm excited to do that trick-or-treating for sure and lou said the whole neighborhood's decorated right now <gasps> every house okay because let's talk about the weather tonight gorgeous spooky perfection it was cloudy sunny and like hot yesterday yeah and for it to be overcast and just cold enough and just warm enough where it feels like it could rain, but it's not going to rain. And right outside of my salon tonight, they did, they do this usually every Saturday, but they're doing a special Friday the 13th edition. They have a thing called um, a lunar market, mm -hmm. which is kind of like a farmer's market for like little witchy goths and yeah, yeah, yeah. alt people. So this was a really big version of that because it was for Friday the 13th yeah. lunar market, but it was just so cool. I left, I kind of wish I could have stayed and hung out, but, um, it was the perfect weather for it. Oh, that yeah. Cloudy. Oh. We had like the leaves blowing across the street. But and not then too much where it like 
blows the hair in your face. And, and then makes all the people selling stuff at Lunar Market are like dressed as witches, selling fucking oils and crystals, and there's live music and food. Ugh, and incredible. It was so fun. I was like, ah. Oh. I need to get out of here. I'm not going to go hang out with this bitch. No, <laughs> but I just didn't want to spend any money to be totally honest with you. For real. Because I'm like, I will drop a dime at this place. Of course. But you went and did haunted houses. I did. Well, yeah. Um, I think this is, I was telling, this is my third haunted house in our t- town in the yep. past few years. And it was very short, but very well done. All right. And the fact that it was free and I mean what more do you want for free pretty much kid friendly for the most part like there were a ton of kids in line the kids were dressed up like everyone was excited and friendly and it was well organized yeah I appreciate that so much for a small space they had parking on point great they were checking people in line to make sure like hey stay here we have people trying to drive yeah. Right. And then they had like a little clicker and a timer. So they'd get groups in real quick and they'd set the timer. So- Dude, I've paid money to go to haunted houses that were not that well That's organized. That's what I appreciate. And like I said, and then to be on nice on top of it, it was just, it was really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can't, I'll go next year. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe they'll make it a yearly thing. And- I hope so. With as much turnout as they have. Yeah. If and they do next year, fucking charge. And if charge they five bucks a person, if they get like a food truck out there. Oh, my Lord. Over. Yeah. So that's what I consider mine and Nick's anniversary date night. Pretty good. Because ours was on Tuesday. Mine well, was I don't know what day of the week it is, but mine's the sixth. Yeah. Yours is the 10th. Mm-hmm. So it's our nine year. Nick thought it was 10. I'm no. like, not yet. Calm down. Not yet, but next year. Yeah, so it was our you guys gonna have to go on vacation or something next year. <laughs> something because it's ten on ten, ten. Ten, ten. I know something. That's your golden anniversary. Look at you. Well, I just learned what a golden birthday was. Because your kid just had one. Let's talk turned... about that. Oh yeah, my wedding anniversary is the third. Your kid's birthday. Is His the... birthday's the sixth, but she turned six on the sixth, and yes. everyone's like, "It's her golden birthday." I'm like, "Well, what I guess is... I missed mine, so yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing." But yeah, it'll be your golden anniversary, 10, 10, 10. Love it. You'll have to do something extra fun. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing tonight. Amen. I don't have really anything else Should to I, review, I don't think. I've got a shit ton of ridiculous news. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll do that right. and then we'll do our next surprise. Mm-hmm. So obviously, in case anyone hasn't caught on, we don't do real news here. No. In fact, the world's fucking on fire right now. I've seen nothing but real news and it's heartbreaking and it makes my stomach hurt. So we're not going to do that. We're taking a a good couple hour break. Take a break with us. So if you want to enjoy what's going on in the rest of the world. And since we're sports girls now. Uh, Oh, yeah. Football girlies. So in sports news. (laughs) One of us is um, tied to win fantasy football league and one of us isn't so <laughs> i don't know one of us is a bigger football girly than the other yeah well i'm going against fucking jackie this week and i, I think i'm the only one who's beat her there you go i beat her the first week there so you go. it's on bitch oh gosh I- wow <laughs> big words phillies deny emotional support alligator from entering their ballpark what that's so unphiladelphia i know a fan and his emotional support alligator <laughs> We're denied entrance to watch the Phillies host Pittsburgh. I would say if he has like a little muzzle on or something. I think he did. Wally went viral when he made headlines for being denied entry 
as his owner insists he does not bite and he loves a hug. And Wally is clearly different from the alligators bred in Florida because one was found walking around with human remains in its mouth. So. I was just going to say, you know where he could have brought him mm-hmm. to any place in, in Florida. Florida. <laughs> uh, and then my way to pivot from sports to Taylor Swift news. I mean, there's only like, you don't need to do that Uh-oh. much pivoting. We discussed recently how her movie or eras, whatever, came out today, right? Yep, of course. Because she loves the number 13. She's a 13 girly like we are. So because of that, the new Exorcist movie had to switch its release date to the week before. It's wild. Because it wasn't going to compete with Taylor Swift. Well, also, okay, so you know how big of a box office hit Barbie was? Yeah. Barbie sold... Oh gosh, what was it? Is 120 million a lot? Girl, you're asking the you want to talk about hectares and football fields. I feel like they did. I'll I will if I'll double check and if I'm wrong, I'll correct myself later. But I feel like the Barbie movie did like 140 million domestically. Okay. And Taylor Swift did a hundred million on ticket pre-sales. Oh. The two weeks leading up to. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, in other Taylor Swift news. In, I believe, Portland, Oregon, the Humane Society had a Taylor-themed pug crawl. Oh, my God. So all the pugs were dressed up in, like, different eras tour outfits or whatever. Incredible. Oh, my God. Forget it. Forget it. Since you're talking about the Barbie movie, Mm -hmm. I guess I can skip to... Meow, meow, meow. Oh, no. Just kidding. Barbie did six hundred million in North America. Where did oh. I get one hundred and twenty? Hmm. Maybe it was one hundred and twenty opening weekend. Maybe. So you know who wasn't a big fan of the Barbie movie? Oh, John Carpenter. Okay. <laughs> I mean, as I discussed, he is an old white I know, dude. As I discussed on last week's episode. <clears throat> He has his new show coming out on Peacock, Suburban Screams, and so he's obviously making his media rounds, and I don't know how it fucking came up, or who would ask him, or why it would matter, but he said while he really enjoyed Margot Robbie's performance, he just didn't quite get the hype behind the movie, but he did know. He's like, I'm old as fuck. It was not my generation. Yeah. And I will, I mean, I'm also old as fuck, and I will say it was an enjoyable movie, it had a clear message, but it wasn't. I mean, the people that Are were like seeing it. Yeah. it 10 times and freaking out like, Calm I love down. that they love it, but I don't get how much they love it. Yeah. But people say that about Taylor Swift, and I'm one of the people who love Taylor Swift. Yep. People say that about horror movies, and we're the type of people who love horror. So people love what they love, and there's always going to be people who don't feel the same. So on another review from Mr. Carpenter that kind of took me by surprise, he kind of echoes our feelings about the new Exorcist movie. Oh, okay. He's like, I don't get it. What could have been a kick-ass movie somehow just got screwed up. And that's really saying something because his friend is the director. They worked together (laughs) on the Halloween reboot. So he's just fucking going for it. He's at people's throats and I love it. I'm here for it. Also, I feel like the difference between the original Exorcist and any thing else they do nowadays is we've all just became sensitized we're we're all a little jaded when it comes to there's only so many ways you're gonna do possession movies and still have them be scary 
Absolutely. There's only so much vomit. There's only so many broken bones and levitating. And yeah, like we get it. Yeah, we've all seen it. So unless they can think of something brand new, it's going to be. And I've said it over and over and over again. The thing that scarred me the most about the first Exorcist movie was the shit she said. Oh, yeah. She was going for it. Like it. That's what chilled me. Like to see this little girl girl just spewing this fucking nasty disgusting hate i was like damn like yeah. convinced have you ever read the book no book i bet it's it. oh wild I bet. Book is wild damn. you know what else was wild oh britney spears dancing with knives yeah i know she's like they're fake knives cling 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 so cling. and no disrespect to britney but michael myers actor tyler mann <laughs> says be careful, Brittany. Prop knives can still hurt you. That's right. <laughs> Even though the knives have been dulled at the tips with worn edges, they can still very much cut. Okay. Thank so. you, Tyler. <laughs> Appreciate that one. Makes me wonder what happened to Tyler. I wonder if him or another actor accidentally got hurt. Right. Uh, let's go to some past pod related news because mm-hmm. we've only got 100 episodes to cover. That's right. We got 99 that you can choose from. There's going to be new Strangers movies coming out. Oh, cool. We got our first look at the new trilogy in the franchise. All three were shot simultaneously. And it looks like the first to be released will follow very closely as far as like the vibes of the OG. Yeah. And if you guys don't remember, that was episode number two. Golly. Dos. That's crazy. Isn't it? What do we do? What was it? The Ketty Cabin. Oh, yeah. The Ketty Cabin Murders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was a terrible movie you watched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. Just in time for Halloween. Uh, the Bay Area is basically being by, attacked by spiders. Oh, thank God. We don't live there Have anymore. you seen this? No. No. Apparently, like, huge chunks of webs are, like, falling no. from the sky. No. And it's the baby's nest no. after they crack open. Stop I'm- talking. I keep saying no and I you keep know. talking. I know. I'm going to hawk a loogie right in your ear. It gets even better. Oh. Walmart customers are reporting worms in their peanut butter cups. <sighs> like live worms. This, I mean, this is kind of fun. It's like a real life Halloween movie. And I guess it's been happening for a while. That's dis- that's concerning because I am a peanut butter. Oh, you and my husband. Cu- I have Reese's Thins right now in my drawer. So if we're going to be real specific, it's the little cups. Okay, the minis. And the ones that I've seen, the wrappers are Halloween themed. I feel like someone's trolling us. No, because there are other people like. No, that's, I mean, yeah. somebody at the Reese's factory. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the guy pointed out, he's like, bitch, if they were distributed to Walmart, they're in every fucking store. Like we weren't just the one Walmart that got yeah. hit with worms in our Reese's. Well, I don't eat the miniatures. I like the classic. Mm-hmm. I don't do anything weird in my Reese's. Yeah. You can keep your pieces. You can keep your pretzels. You can I keep liked your- the fucking potato chip though because it no. wasn't too much it was I like chocolate and potato chips yeah i don't want potato chips and that peanut butter because it feels like it's too dry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like original reese's and i like i'm such a psycho that if i'm the one picking them out i'm squeezing them like just a little bit oh because i want to test if they're fresh because if they're stale you you'll know i don't even like them because i know your husband eats them frozen i don't even like them frozen okay i want them almost melted yeah you know like gooey oh i got you Ugh, wow it's the best you know what else is the best hmm. 
the clown stalking a village in Scotland somewhere and daring police to catch them on social media. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's a Pennywise dress up and apparently... Which Pennywise? The newer one. Yeah. I've got a picture. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember when that was happening a few years oh, ago? Oh, of course. No, I, I, we get a good clown scare every once in a <laughs> every while. Every once in a while we have a clown epidemic. But I just, I love that this one's talking shit on social media to the yeah. cops. Like, ha, 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 come catch me. That's meow, so meow, funny. Meow. Something else that our listeners might find funny. Um, I gave my review of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Of course. On whatever episode. And I love your comment. You're like, you have to be the only fucking person who's ever watched this movie. Mm -hmm. Well, now I can say that it's me and a class of fourth graders, (gasps) a teacher at the Academy (sighs) of Innovative Education in Miami left children scarred and in need of counseling after showing the film during class. Did she think it was going to be a regular Winnie the Pooh movie? I know. I'm pretty sure they knew what it was, but the kids all agreed that they wanted to see it. Why would you do that? And what's even scarier is that the school's kind of backing up the teacher. Like, it was only, like, 20 or 30 minutes. They're all, do you know how hard it is to find teachers right now? (laughs) And I'll just say, like, besides, like, the obvious gore and violence, the fucking nudity and the language in that movie for, like, your average (laughs) 10-year-old. Also, I just had to sign a permission slip for my 13-year-old to watch Hamilton in eighth grade. A movie that they've been watching for years on their own. I'm like, why am I signing this? It's PG-13. I'm like, yeah, everyone in the class is 13. 13. What are you talking about? I told, I'm like, no, I'm not going to sign it. I don't approve. They get kicked out of class. (laughs) They're like, we can quote the fucking movie. Yeah. Okay. We have big news in like the the otherworldly, I guess. Oh, doorbell ring, whatever. So scary as it is. Well, they're having a contest. Anyone that can capture footage of an alien, oh, on their ring footage, it says that they can win a million dollars, and that will be paid off in fifty thousand dollar increments for like two decades. So how do you prove that it's an alien and not someone dressed up as an alien? Well, I'm pretty sure they have ways to figure that out. It's their own technology. So like if you tamper with their video shit, they'll probably know. No, but oh, like how do you know that you're not dressed up as an alien? That's a good point. I don't know. Sounds like we need to get on it. Right? That's a lot of money. Zoe Short will put her in an alien costume. Well, if you're so suspicious of that, do you believe that Bigfoot was spotted? Did you see that in the news? Uh, Miss no. Skeptical Pants. <laughs> no, don't get. Should we get Joe in here? Special in in the shrubs of rural Colorado. No, Bigfoot Sh- lives on the West Coast, baby. Train passengers record the latest sighting of the mythical beast. I mean, it was it was a hairy something walking around out there, and it <sighs> sat down for a second, and then got up and kept walking. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I just it was like deserty. There were no fucking trees around. I just like, feel like we would have had really good footage of it by now. Yeah. There's no way that he's hiding this well. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Joe's a big believer, man. <laughs> okay. And I guess that's all of my news. But to keep my sanity during the spooky season, just these past few weeks i've kind of been challenging myself to watch a scary movie every day 
Okay. I watched a ton of movies I've already seen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Comfort movies. Yeah. Yeah. But I have watched a few new ones that I figure were worth noting. Okay. Dave built a maze. Oh. I had never heard of it. Stop. And it's like funny paper mache gore. Like he builds a labyrinth. And when you enter the maze, like cardboard shit is trying to kill you. That's like the, the maze is trying to kill you. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. And then I watched The Last Shift because there's like a newer version that came out that looked good. But now after watching this one, I think it's just a snooze fest. It's obviously scary for the person in the movie, but as a viewer, you're just like bored. Okay. Silent Hill has a new video game coming out. Okay. So I rewatched the 2006 movie. Yep. And it's exactly how I remembered it. Like visually, the movie is stunning. Yes. The scary things are fucking scary. Yes. Like to look at. They're just so well done. Yeah. But the movie is a snooze fest. And I remember, I don't know, this happens to me a lot in movies. By the time we get to the big grand finale scene, that's never scary to me. No. The stuff leading up to it's scary. Mm -hmm. But then once the like shit pops off at towards yeah. the end, you're like, I remember on. not being scared in that one. Um, Obviously, we've talked about signs, not scary at the end. Mm -hmm. But what? there's a few other ones. The Descent. Oh, like for to me, yeah. all the stuff leading up to the big grand finales is like the descent is the scary part. Right. Monsters, I don't give a fuck about. It's the going into. It's but the yeah, spelunking of it all. The, the House of a Thousand Corpses. Once she gets down into like Dr. Satan's waiting room or whatever. I'm like, it. Not scary. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Once the big reveal happens, the I stop being scared. Mm hmm. I never started to be scared, and I couldn't even finish it to get scared. Skinnamarink. I tried it because we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, God. It, don't even bother. Yeah. The way that it's filmed, it was like it hurt to watch. Oh. It's like grainy and like crackly because they're trying you, to. Oh, go ahead. They're trying to make it like old, I guess. I was like, do you think they're just trying to hide the fact that it's, it's so awful, poorly done? But it's so bad. All right. As part of Huluween, they've got a documentary about McCammy Manor. The oh, yeah. I want to watch that. Yeah. That should be interesting about the world's most extreme Because they haven't house. made a new documentary about it in a long time, right? Yeah. It looks cool. Like, it's got people that actually went through it, and it's their telling of it. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, like you said, I went to this haunted house, so I've been, like, trying to kind of hype myself up for it. So I also watched Hell House LLC, which TikTok's been trying to get me to watch for fucking years. People rave about it. Okay. It's a found footage. Waste which of you time. you love. Waste of time. Yeah. The beginning was kind of neat because it's the people in line getting ready to go into the haunted house. And mm. it is their footage of them in the haunted house and then everyone rushing the fuck out of the haunted house. That's all you need to watch. So it's basically a haunted house is like. That flips. Yeah. Like shit goes bad. Mm-hmm. That is a lingering fear that you always have in the back of your mind a little bit in a haunted house. Well, so if you're into that, definitely watch Haunt, which came out in 2019. It's fucking good. Okay. It is a haunted house gone wrong. Yeah. And it was really fun to watch. Because I think about it, especially like haunted houses that you're walking through. 
unless you're the one unlucky victim, that's not going on for too long before people figure it out and like mm-hmm. scamper, right? Yeah. Scatter. But like we were talking about um, the haunted corn maze near us and how like there was the guy with the, you know, how they have the chainsaws on the blade on him and, they were, and he was running around. I think about those ones because I'm like, what if it was just a crazy motherfucker? That wasn't a part of it. Yeah. And he yeah. put a real chain on his chainsaw and was just going after it. And in a haunted corn maze, it's going to take a while before people catch on to what's Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that could have happened in the haunted house tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in a room, for instance, so the scream themed room mm-hmm. was just a black light room full of mannequins with scream outfits. But a few of those mannequins were people yeah, that, that would, would freak me out. What, that would just move and come at you at mm-hmm. any like we were almost out the door when he finally came up and got in my face. I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that scares me. It's and we've talked about this before, too, is me and your husband that. It's the anticipation. Oh, yeah. That's worse than the scare. Uh Uh-huh. I can handle the scare. You can throw anything at me and I'm not going to be scared. It's the walking through that room and I know... It's going to happen. somebody here is going to move. And it's that anticipation of that that freaks me out. Absolutely. So Haunt, definitely a recommend. Um, Not technically a horror movie. It's more of a comedy slasher. Totally killer. Just came (laughs) out on Prime. That's a fun name. Watch it. Okay. That's it. Just fucking watch it. Yeah. Your husband will love it. Mm. It's It's got so many 80s references. Okay. And it's funny. All right. I think even he'll enjoy it. Okay. It's uh, definitely. I gotta try a, to get him to stay awake. It is a comedy slasher at its best. Cool. And then last but not least, I watched the 2021 Malignant. Mm-hmm. And... It's a real weird fucking premise. Okay. It's a parasitic twin Ugh. that uses the body kind of like a puppet. Yeah. So creepy. It was. It was That's fucking really creepy. creepy. And it was violent and it was quick paced and decent acting. All so right. again, I wasn't like terrified, but I fucking watched it and I enjoyed it and it's fucking weird. That sounds weird. Yeah. That sounds real creepy. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. See? I love it. I gave you some heebie-jeebies. Yay. That was fun. (laughs) A horror movie a day, man. You are committed. I've been working on it, man. I've also, like, again, I I start a bunch of them, and I just can't even get through it. I'll get through, like, 30 minutes, and I'm like, nope, tap out. Same for me. And then I'll go to, like, a classic and just get my fix. And I'm like, all right, now I'll try. Mm -hmm. Lovely. All right. Well. Should we go on to perfume reviews? Yes. So I don't know what you have. Okay. Do you have a perfume? I do. Oh, my God. I brought dupes. Okay. I got a little sample set from Target because apparently they have a perfume line that's all dupes of high end. Like alt. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So I printed out what's in the sample and I was going to let you pick one. Okay. So I have two perfume samples so which one okay what should we do first you because you yeah Mm -hmm. so i got two perfume samples i was trying to find ones that fit the bill Mm -hmm. for a friday the 13th in october at our 100th episode so i got one by replica who i really like that brand Mm -hmm. and theirs is autumn vibes Ooh. and the other one i got which is more true crimey is technically called 
not a perfume and it's by Juliet has a gun. Okay. And so How'd let's you hear about these. They always just pop up. Yeah. A replica perfumes always pop up for me because they have the by the fireside, which yes. I love so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start with autumn vibes and then we'll move on to true crime. Yeah. My favorite replica that I've used is like their beach one. It smells like sunscreen. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know that one and that one does smell good. Okay. So Autumn Vibes by Replica. It <laughs> gets eaten by the sea. Its scent type is classic woods. Its fragrance family is earthy and woody. Its keynotes are red berries, cardamom, cedarwood, and moss. I definitely like cardamom. Mm-hmm. Fragrance description. This crisp, woody perfume balances a note of fresh fire. Oh, sorry. Fur. A fresh fur balsam with spicy cardamom alongside the warm scent of cedarwood to recreate a familiar moment of escape and gathering the thing on an that's autumn day. Throwing me is the combination of crisp and spicy. Mm, interesting. That's what I'm curious to see how that. Let's comes find out. Across. Probably smells like pine saw. Let's find out. <laughs> It does not smell like pine saw. It definitely smells like pines, like woods. Yeah. Ooh, it smells nice when you put it on, too. Okay. All right, here you go. You try. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Piney. Trying to see if I get the crisp, though. Like I, I definitely don't get the crisp, but try. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a little crispier. When you put it on and rub it on, it just smells more like perfume. Yeah. It loses a little bit of the pine. You don't smell it... like a fucking fir tree anymore. Yeah. It's definitely, it's not giving air freshener necessarily. I don't want to say that it's that rough, but no. mm-hmm. I, I'd say it's a little bit more Christmassy though because of the. Yeah. It should have tree... been called Christmas vibes. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Christmas tree vibes. I'm not getting any cardamom. I was looking for the warmth and the spice for the fall. I feel like it smells like it when you rub it on your wrist and re-smell. I feel like it gets warmer when it's on your body. Okay. You're not wrong. Yeah, it definitely loses its pine. And it gets warmer on your body. We'll come back to you. Let's let it settle. Okay, let's remember which wrist is which. Fuck. All right, and then Juliet has a gun, not a perfume. Top notes... Satalox, heart notes, Satalox, bottom notes, Satalox. <laughs> it's described as clean, pure, and unique. A fragrance made out of a single element. Yeah, Satalox. Satalox. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Usually used in perfumery as a base note. Mm-hmm. It plays here the lead role. Another advantage of this particular composition is that it is entirely allergen free. The result is minimalist, elegant, pure. Juliet's iconic fragrance. Wow. Iconic fragrance. Let's see what Cetalox smells like. I want to smell it on its own and then I might mix it because it says it's like the base of most perfumes, right? Yeah. (laughs) And... 
Um, it smells like the base of most perfumes. Okay. Well, the only way I can describe it is perfumey. Yeah. It just smells like a perfume. But it's called Saint-Lux. No, not no, a perfume. Not a perfume. But it smells exactly like a perfume. It smells like every perfume I've ever smelled. But not good. I mean, not that it's not good, but it's not Yeah, it's like a little powdery. Yeah. It's a it's little powdery, kind of old lady-ish. Mm-hmm. It's very old lady perfume. Yeah. It, it kind of smells like my grandma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is how I felt about the Hermes. Mm-hmm. The, the Hermes felt like my Nana. Now rub them together. I, that's, yeah. <coughs> <coughs> is it all the weed smoking or is it all the perfume sniffing? <coughs> we'll never know. <laughs> I think you might be allergic to Cetalox. It's non-allergenic. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. Yeah, something's tickling the back of my throat. <laughs> Nothing that you want to tickle the back oh. of your throat. Yeah, mixed together, it's not helping. No. <laughs> I think it is the perfume. Yeah. It's tickling the back of my throat, but it's non-allergenic. <laughs> yeah. The Cetalo- the pure Cetalox. It's getting to me. Okay. They're like, you need to really mix that with stuff. That's why perfume people normally mix it with mm-hmm. other scents. It's like only a fucking psycho would have pure Cetalox in a bottle. So you tell me what tickles your fancy. Oh. We can try the Eilish, Billie Eilish dupe. Oh. I know you're not a big fan of Chanel. It's Chanel Chance, not the Coco. I just don't like Chanel number five. Okay. Uh, Joe Malone wood sage dupe oh ford soleil blanc dupe okay or since we already know what the legit smells like i guess their version of ariana but the internet's divided they can't decide if it's her cloud scent or thank you next but we know what cloud smells like. So yeah, I'm in like, fact, I might buy myself a bottle of cloud. So we could actually maybe give a realistic review of that one just because we know. So let's do two. Let's okay. do that one. And then I also want to do the wood sage one since we just had a piney one. And let's see what this one's Let's actually. have a pine off. A pine off. All right. Now let's see if I can read these fucking bottles. <laughs> <sighs> At least we get a spray on these. Oh, and then after all of that, I'll spray you my um, $12 bottle of Bath & Body Works uh, body spray I've been wearing that smells insanely good. What's it called? I'll let you know later. Okay. It'll be the grand finale of our perfumes. Because after all of these expensive perfume tests, let's see how they hold up against body spray. <laughs> There's a whole setup happening here. I like the bottles. I like the packaging. So the Target version's called I'm a Musk, and this is supposed to be the Cloud or Thank You Next dupe. So let's, okay, see. let's see. Drum roll while I try to find the other one. No, it's a spray. Oh, I know, but sometimes sprays have mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. amount of room on my body. I guess I'm going upper arms. Ooh, I'm excited. It's not Definitely a Cloud. Definitely not Cloud. Okay. What does it smell like? Because it's supposed to smell. Wait, wait, like... wait! Let me tell me. So let me tell you what I think it smells yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. then you read the notes. Hold on. Okay. Oh, man. It smells sweet yet powdery, and like 
Like maybe they're trying to go for floral, but it doesn't smell super flowery. Sweet coconut, fruity, vanilla, almond. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me smell again. Now, and honestly, it smells kind of old lady-ish to me too. Fuck. All right. And try it. I will. I will. Oh, we're still trying to investigate. I gotta find (laughs) the other one. It's called Before the Rainbow. (laughs) I'm looking for the hole. It's such a small little hole. Okay, found it. Okay, is this the Ariana? I get what you're saying about the floral. Yeah. And kind of like powdery sweet. It's definitely warming down to like a, a vanilla sweet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely, definitely not cloud. Not cloud. cloud smells a thousand times better than that. But I'd say it's the best so far tonight. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It still smells a little grandma-y to me. Anytime you get too powdery. For sure. I get I go into grandma land. Okay. So the Joe Malone dupe. Wooden sage. Yes. Is called Before the Rainbow. And I have so far not been a Joe Malone fan. Okay. I've tried various Joe Malones. I've tried your Joe Malone. The I, peony and suede. I mm-hmm. wanted to like Joe Malone because it's what the royal women wear. Mm-hmm. And it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. It's very citrusy. And planty. Hey, so that was what we should have gotten from your fall, autumn, whatever. I like it. It's it's crisp. This is crisp. Okay. You're about to get very crispy. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. It's aromatic, salty, marine, yeah. citrus, musky, herbal, soft spice with some floral and aquatic. I would say yes. Wow. I would, say, ex- I would say those are the notes. I'm and excited. Yeah, it said citrusy, right? Yeah. Yeah, a little grapefruity. Yeah. Citrus is the fourth note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm excited. We've never <laughs> had a perfume match the notes. This one I feel like matches the notes. Again, I'm looking for the little fucking hole. I know. <laughs> Spray it in my eyeball. <laughs> yeah, this is nice. It's not fall. No. It's not a season, no, but it's but nice. No, it's crisp. Yeah. I don't smell sage. Oh, I forgot all about the sage. That's only because that's in the Joe Malone I was about to say, they didn't even... That, well, yeah, no. They didn't even put sage in the notes. No, no, no. But it is. It's nice. Okay. I'd say this one's my favorite. Yeah. Out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, probably this one. Mm-hmm. This one's also a little bit more like unisex, which is what I kind of like. Yeah. Well, look at that, ladies and gentlemen. There's your perfume reviews. I can taste it in my mouth. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to taste something else fun in your mouth? Ooh. Do you want to know what's in the black bottle? Yep. You brought a large (laughs) black bottle. What's in there? Uh, I talked about how much Nick and I have been enjoying Ash versus Evil Dead. Yes. It's my favorite thing in the whole world right now. Um, And on one of the episodes that we watched recently, he made a drink. Oh, God. Is there human blood in this drink? No. It's called Pink Fuck. Oh, And there's no official recipe, so I'll read what Urban Dictionary put. Okay. (laughs) 
a drink introduced by Ash versus Evil Dead. It's made using vodka, strawberry liqueur, grenadine, lemonade, orange zest, and nutmeg, and a shit ton of ketamine. Ketamine? <laughs> I obviously don't have ketamine. So. Um, are we getting real fucked up this no, episode? I wish. If I could, babe, believe me. But so I'll tell you what I created for us, because that's way too much sugar. You know, that's, I, As soon as you start reading off, I'm like, ooh, that's a lot. I don't have time for that. Yeah. I don't think it was all that sugar. So. I got us zero sugar strawberry and rose vodka. Ooh. My ketamine is a strawberry lemonade sugar-freed energy drink. Oh, okay. I did do a splash of grenadine because we both like grenadine. Yeah. I figured just a little bit. That's all you need with grenadine anyways. I got us a strawberry lemonade truly. Okay, okay. And pink lemonade Smirnoff. Okay. And so I mixed all those bitches up. Have you tasted it yet? I took a sip. How is it? I like it. Okay. <laughs> Did you put nutmeg in it? I have an orange and I brought nutmeg. Okay. I was we're like, I have nutmeg if we need it. No, I brought both. We're going to slice it up and we're garnish and we'll be fancy and we'll have some pink fuck. Okay. Well, let's pause and go make our drinks and then we'll move on with the episode to the actual And podcast. I took pictures so that everyone can have it if they want to make it oh for themselves. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay, let's go make some pink fuck. Some pink fuck. All right, y'all. Welcome back. We got a new drink and we're ready to rock. Let's cheers, bitch. Cheers. And then also, do we put the orange slice in it or is it just for funsies? I just did it for funsies because I'm a little intimidated by the nutmeg, but I did sprinkle the nutmeg on top. So let's see. And if it's not bad, then put the orange in. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. It's good. It is good. I'm putting the orange in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It adds like a little extra something to it. A little depth. But not much. It's, yeah. Yeah. No, just the... Re- wow. It like keeps it from being too fruity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. It's like a good Christmas cocktail, actually. Okay. Don't you think? I mean, it's pink. Yeah, I know, but the citrus the and the nutmeg, yeah. it's very Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Smells great. We gotta we like we like the pink fuck, everybody. Sniff it. Do you smell it with all the nutmeg? Oh wow. So I mean it smells so good. Why can't our perfume smell like that? It smells like um like homemade cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. It's still even with all the sugar free stuff, it's a little sweet for me. I, I couldn't drink this very often. I was also trying to kick back on the booze a little bit since you have to work tomorrow. Eh, you I know. know. Uh, if you're one of my clients, no, sorry. you're not. It's yeah. just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. I never normally drink, at least drink heavily on work nights. Right. If I drink on a work night, I'll have like a glass of wine. But uh, it's a hundredth. Hundredth episodes only happen once. once in a lifetime. One time only will we ever get this night. So I don't give a fuck. It's Friday, the 13th. Friday the thirteenth. On Friday the thirteenth. All the shit that's happened to us, all the the covids and the this and the that, to lead us to this moment. I know. Well, we're here because of COVID, right? Uh, yeah. No. Exactly. It's our COVID hobby, and we just keep going. You know, it's fun. So as we keep going, is it time? Do we finally? Let's do what we actually came here to do. <laughs> is it time? Do we do First this? of all, the as game. you're listening, mm-hmm. 
This will be our last night of this version of the game because we won't be able to hear the train anymore from my new place. But I already have a replacement step, Ooh. a replacement um, yeah. drink. But tonight, anytime you hear us mention a badass big sister, mention a previous THC episode, mention an episode of Monk, mention um, what do we do? We cheers, we spill something, or we hear the train. And then the title is a bonus. Well, all of that, take a drink with yeah. us. Mm-hmm. And then when you hear us name the title, yeah. take a bonus drink. Which last episode, I was waiting for it. I'm like, where is it? And then when it hit, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like a I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what it is either, but it's me like laughing it. Oh, it's me going, I'm too drunk for this. Oh, yeah, I'm and too I'm, drunk I'm, for right, this. And I'm like, it's through a laugh. Like, yeah. you have to really be paying attention. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> when funny. does this happen? Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's when that happened. That's so funny. <sighs> Probably too drunk to remember. <laughs> Speaking of monk. Oh, wait. <gasps> How did we not open this? How did I? Oh, my God. Oh, I, I can't even talk. I can't, I can't even talk. The Made for TV, <sighs> I believe on the Peacock Network, streaming network, is a Monk movie. Mo- was it Monk's Last Case? Something. Monk's Last Mystery? Yeah. Oh, my God. Monk's Last Stand? I'm, I don't know, but I'm freaking the fuck out. Yeah, I think it's December 13th. Pro- Another thirteen miracle. I think I definitely could be wrong. Maybe December eighth. Doesn't matter. It's happening in December. I have Peacock. I'll be watching it. (gasps) Come on over. We'll have a monk watching party. We have to. We have to. We have to. No matter what day of the week it is. We have to. We have to have a monk watching party. Set in stone, baby. They announced it, of course, on on his birthday. Tony Shalhoub's birthday, which was obviously in October because he's the fucking coolest and. He looks great. Forget it. All the newer pictures I was seeing of him, like Tony Shalhoub, still looking fantastic. I know. We think about the fact that he's been around since Wings. I know. <laughs> so long. Well, so, oh. That's my entire life. I, <laughs> he's been on TV. As like an adult, too. It's not like he was a kid. I know. He was already wings. like 40 years old. <laughs> wow. So happy birthday, Tony Shalhoub. Your two biggest fans can't oh, wait for the made-for-TV monk movie. I'm going to cry right now. All right. Tonight's episode, episode 100, we are doing the mysterious murder of Brian Wells. Okay. And you watched the movie based on his, well, loosely based on his case, 30 minutes or less. Correct. Correct? Mm-hmm. Which we've both seen, but I've only seen it once, and I think I fell asleep during it, to wow. be totally honest. Uh, that's not to say the movie isn't good. I fall asleep through a lot of movies. And, I mean, this was a while ago. It was 2011, so who knows what you're doing. With- I had a one-year-old. Exactly, with children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to breathe through all the perfume that's yeah. in my nose right now. <laughs> it's hard. <clears throat> Can we open that window more? With that no, help? it's open all the way. Oh. Okay, well. All right, y'all ready? Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm sure I'm telling you guys something you already know, but if you're interested in this, the reason I even know about this case is because there is a four-part Netflix docuseries about it called Evil Genius. Of course. It's fantastic. It's really well done. 
I forgot it was a series. And so I was like, oh, I'll just watch the documentary and take notes and then realized it's a four part series and went, I'm going to watch <laughs> the first one and three quarters episode. <laughs> one and three quarters. I love it. <laughs> and then uh, just look up. Fill in the rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of that comes from the rest is from a really great oxygen article. And of course, because it's our 100th episode, near and dear to our heart, Wikipedia. <clears throat> August 28th, 2003. We had just graduated high school. Oh, yeah. Around, <laughs> around 2.30 in the afternoon, a middle-aged white man wearing a white t-shirt that has the word guess spray painted on it walks into the PNC bank bank in Erie, Pennsylvania, jauntily swinging around his cane, stands in line, gets up to the teller and quietly slides a note to the teller demanding $250,000 on the note. It says that he is, has a bomb strapped to his body it's set to explode in 15 minutes if they don't hand over any money. They cannot, just on the drop of a dime, gather up $250,000. So they. Yeah, 15 minutes. Yeah. So they give him 8000 which is kind of what they had in their till, I'm assuming. And he takes the money, takes a free lollipop, and walks out the door calmly. Yeah. Love the free lollipop. I wonder what flavor. This man is 46-year-old Brian Wells. He's a Pennsylvania native. He's known as a very sweet, humble, kind man, very quiet, lives on his own. He has three sisters. He's single with um, a few cats. He's been Mm -hmm. a pizza delivery man for local shop Mamma Mia's Pizzeria for the past 10 years. And in his spare time, he takes care of his elderly mother and is known as an overall great guy and great neighbor. Heard that. After Brian leaves the bank, of course, the people in the bank call 911. And Brian is stopped about two blocks away in a parking lot where he is calmly explaining to the cops that he has a bomb strapped around his neck and that he needs to follow some steps to deactivate the bomb. Mm-hmm. And the cops are like, okay. OK, he's handcuffed and he sat down on the ground. Um, the police, a policeman cuts open his shirt to discover that, yes, there, there is, is a, bomb. a bomb and a collar around his neck. And of course, they're like, is this fake to rob the bank? Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then the bomb starts ticking. Oh, fuck. And Brian's whole tone and demeanor changes immediately. Everything he says becomes much more panicked, much more immediate. He's telling the cops he's not lying. He was out delivering a pizza when he was jumped by a couple black men, which that is important later. I'm sure. And that they strapped the bomb to his neck and they sent him on this scavenger hunt. The first stop of the scavenger hunt was to rob the bank. And then he needs to follow like a list of instructions. Sure. To find the keys to unlock the bomb around his neck. I'm dead. Now, the cops don't want to go anywhere near him because now he's ticking. Yeah. 
They still have guns drawn on him, though. Oh, my gosh. And Brian is begging for help. And he's even asking them, like, if you can't help me, go to my car and find the fucking instructions and go to the Figure next stop out. and, like, get the keys. Mm-hmm. He keeps talking about there's keys that he has to go find to unlock the cuff around his neck. Huh. They call in the bomb squad, but the bomb squad's about 30 miles away, and the cops, for the protection of the civilians, have blocked off all the roads surrounding this parking lot, so the bomb squad is also stuck in horrendous traffic trying to get to this scene. The news, however, though, gets there before the bomb squad, and so they're covering it live on scene. And in just about under one hour of Brian walking into the bank, the bomb detonates and his head explodes on live television. Holy real time. Fuck. Yeah. For real life. For real life. Crazy. His head gets blown off on the local news. (gasps) That's bananas. That's some fucking faces of death shit. It's wild. Wow. And I thought those fourth graders were fucked up. (laughs) The police have no idea what to do. So they just stay standing there with guns drawn. No. Yep. They don't move in at all. They stay there. And of course, the bomb squad gets there three minutes after detonation. I mean, when you said 30 miles out, forget it. The bomb squad starts to investigate the bomb and shrapnel that Mm -hmm. has flown off from the bomb. While the police department start to search Brian's car, they find nine pages of rambling notes with detailed instructions and maps to multiple different locations. It says in the notes that he's constantly being watched and followed to ensure that each step is getting completed. The bomb is rigged so that any attempt to disarm the bomb or to alert authorities it will be set off by remote detonation Mm -hmm. and at the end of the note is quote act now think later or you will die fuck so the police the only thing they have they can do is they follow the instructions like he asked them to fucking do when he didn't have his head blown off they Follow the instructions to the next clue. It leads them to the side of a highway where they find a coffee can with the next clue in it to follow. And then, so picture this. They're on the side of a highway. There's like a grassy area. Yep. And beyond that are some trees. I don't want to say the word woods because that makes it sound bigger than what it is. But it's like a cluster of trees off in the distance. Yeah, Yeah. Out of those trees, out of the middle of those trees... Not on a road comes this like light blue minivan headed straight for where they're at. And once the minivan like realizes who it is, that's the police. It's it turns around yep. as a 180 and drives back into the trees. <laughs> we didn't see you guys. No worries. And the police don't follow them because they're like, we're not driving into the trees. So then what the fuck are you doing? Calling the FBI. <laughs> because the bank, as you well know, Bailey, is a federal institution. So this See? is a FBI case now. See, The FBI takes over. Um, they First of all, they discover the fact that the cane he's swinging around is a gun. 
It's a oh. gun that's been modified to look like a cane, but it does. It is an actual loaded working firearm. Isn't there someone in Batman that has that? Is it the Joker? Probably. I feel like he has a gun cane. Or Well, the Riddler has a cane. Maybe it's the Riddler. But I don't know if it's a gun. I, maybe it's the Riddler. Anyways. They go on to search Brian's home. They find nothing. They go to his pizza shop, Mamma Mia's, where the boss, his boss talks to them. Brian took a call for an order around 1.30 p.m. that day. This call, by the way, was traced to a payphone at a local gas station nearby. The order was for two pizzas to be delivered to 8645 Peach Street, which is pretty close to the pizza shop. However, that's not the actual drop-off location. That's a house is at 8645 Peach Street. The drop-off location is located down a dirt road behind that house where there's um, like a television broadcasting tower. Okay. And because that's a little confusing, Brian writes down the notes of how to deliver the pizza. They find that, his handwritten notes. And they go off to the delivery site. They find tire tracks that match Brian's tires. Mm -hmm. So they can tell that Brian's car had been there. They find footprints that match Brian's shoes. And they find other footprints who they obviously don't know who those are. Right. But they see a lot of marks in the ground that show signs of a scuffle or a struggle. Mm -hmm. So, so far, Brian's story is adding up. To what little evidence they have. Great for him. He's dead. Meanwhile, the FBI needs to investigate that bomb. And unfortunately, the only way to get that bomb safely off of Brian's body, they feel, is with a medical decapitation. And they have to do it on scene. Oh, my God. (laughs) On a side note, this angers and hurts his family his sisters and his mom very much you think they feel like the fbi cares more about that bomb than they do for their dead family member which understandable Mm -hmm. the bomb experts gather what's left of the bomb on brian's body as well as all that shrapnel that flew off the bomb they get over 90 percent of all the materials that's impressive and they replicate it and they rebuild it themselves with their own shit. Wow. This is what it is. This is what it looks like. The actual neck piece. Yeah. Is a giant handcuff, basically. Yeah. So picture a handcuff and uh, how it like clicks into place. Yes. That's what's around his neck. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's been made. It's homemade. But that's it's a giant handcuff mechanism around his neck. And that is connected to the bomb, which is on his chest, I believe. And the bomb itself, the actual bomb that you have to worry about is just two pipe bombs attached to two kitchen timers. Like the little white. Yeah. Are they like sun kissed or sun coast or whatever? Whatever. I know exactly. I can picture it in my head. Yep. So it's two pipe bombs attached to two kitchen timers. What set it off? Well. The bombs are activated, or I should say the timers are activated yeah. by pull pins. Okay. And then there's something on the the twisty part, the part that you twist on the timer. Yeah. There's, I don't know, bombs. But there's yeah. like a piece on there 
that so picture it it's set for like 60 minutes uh-huh. and when it goes around goes around goes around and gets to zero the part that they've attached to the twisty part hits the metal part that detonates the pipe bomb so it wasn't anything the police did to him because you said like when they touched him like it started to tick and he started to panic no 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 it just started to tick because he was out of time got it got it wow fucking scary so yeah it's activated by pull pin so somebody must have pulled that first pin mm-hmm. before he left mm-hmm. and then i don't know how the timer gets triggered but at some point because they said he has 15 minutes so yeah. maybe 15 minutes after they pull it the other day then you have like an hour 45 minutes or whatever the second one was if you pull the second pull pin, you get an extended amount of time. So that first timer is going to click and go off no matter what. But if you pull the second pin, mm-hmm. it like trips the second timer. So and you then, get an extra hour. Okay. The rest of the air quote bomb is bullshit. There's like a cell phone duct taped in None there. None of it mattered. There's wires that don't connect to mm-hmm. anything. It's all just red herrings sure. to throw people off. There's tons of like instructions that mean nothing. Warnings about how it's booby trapped to do this, that and the other. And none of none that of is it. true. So those are all just to lead people off to like scare off police or whoever. And that's in the pages of rambling bullshit. No, that's on the bomb. They all put like like instructions on the bomb. The fuck up. Like don't cut this wire because this will happen. Don't do this because that'll and it's That's all bullshit. so dumb. Okay. No but it's. No I get it. It's that way if police look at it they go oh fuck we don't want to touch it. But it means nothing. It means nothing. I know. It's okay. to like trick them. Right. Oh my gosh. There's also four keyholes to remove the cuff off of his neck and only two of those keyholes actually work. That was going to be my next question is, was it actually survivable? So you don't know which two work mm-hmm. and which two don't. Yeah. Only the makers do. But they need you. So basically you need to get all four keys and to get fe- back to the bomb makers so they can unclick it from your neck. So that's the point of this scavenger hunt is he's supposed to go to multiple locations to gather multiple keys and then get back to the starting point so they can unhook it from your neck. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was built using obviously gathered items, meaning nothing was brand new. So there's nowhere to even trace like, oh, they bought two kitchen timers from Walmart. No receipts, no dates, right. no times. They also wonder... Is it even possible to finish the scavenger hunt in time? Yeah. So within that week, probably the following week, because it's the same day of the week, they recreate the whole thing from the same start time, Mm -hmm. same day of the week, same weather to see if it's possible. Now, first of all, when you look at where they have him going, the bank robbery, the bank is right in the middle and then all the locations that he has to go to kind of make a big circle around the bank which is weird if the point was to rob a bank then just get on the freeway which is right up the street and haul ass into another state because they're right on the i guess the border of the state yeah but instead they have this guy circling the crime scene and then 
So first of all, to you have these keys. You have to hope that you don't get stopped. Yeah. Right off the bat, you're hoping that nobody calls the police and police don't intercept you, which is exactly what happened with Brian, right? The police intercepted him 15 minutes later. Obviously. So already to complete the scavenger hunt, you have to hope that you're not stopped. You have to hope that there's no traffic. There's no accidents. There's nothing barring your way. And even after that, when they run through the whole thing and they do every single thing perfectly, there's no they way. still don't have enough time. The bomb would have exploded regardless. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. So at this point, the FBI have nothing. They got nothing going for them. Cool. Sunday, August 31st, three days after Brian's death, his coworker and friend, Robert Panetti, is found dead in his apartment. No sign of illness or accident. Um, after Brian's death, I guess Robert was acting really weird and paranoid. He kept talking about how he was next for whatever reason, like they were going to get him mm -hmm. next. It's to be noted that Robert was also a pretty bad drug addict. And after his autopsy was done, he did die from an overdose. Oh. So the question is, was it an accidental overdose? Did oh. somebody OD him? Was it a suicide? We don't know. Okay. Another little twist. What we do know is in three days, we have two dead pizza guys and they knew each other. Yeah. So the FBI releases pictures to the public of the gun and bomb. And they also release the letters, pictures of the letters to the public. The letters, by the way, were originally typed on a typewriter. And then the letter itself was like if they took paper and put it over that and then traced it. Hmm. So it's a hand it's handwritten letters, but in type type, but they're doing it on type. So there's no handwriting analysis that they can do. It won't match any handwriting analysis. Yeah. That's so, a lot of fucking effort. So they release that to the public hoping, please. Do you know anybody missing two kitchen timers? Do you know anyone who likes pipe bombs? Who you, has a typewriter? Who has a typewriter? Please mm -hmm. help us. Three weeks later. A man calls in to the local police department to report a body in a freezer in his garage. Shut the fuck up. I feel like that could happen to me. The caller's name is Bill Rothstein, and his address is 8645 Peach Street. Okay. Do you, do you remember that, B? No. 8645 Peach Street is where the pizza was delivered. That was supposed to be my big dun dun dun. And you're like, okay. Girl, have you not met me? How high am I right now? I'm like, you're like wow. Peach Street. Peach Street. 8645 oh. Peach Street. Oh my goodness. He tells the police it's the body of James Roden. And James is the boyfriend to a woman he knows and is helping out named Marjorie Deal. Marjorie. In her younger years, Marjorie was a beautiful, successful, highly intelligent woman. She was a music prodigy when she was um, like a teenager and like in her 20s. And she had this aura and this ability to just kind of captivate people. She like people were just like enamored with her, especially men. 
Get but it, as Marjorie. the years progressed, don't hype Marjorie know, too just... much. As the years progressed, her mental health took a strong decline. It just she spiraled and spiraled. She went to countless therapists, got countless diagnoses. Like you could diagnose. She's been diagnosed with all of it, fucking everything. Mm. And one therapist who might be more on the money actually diagnosed her with not any like mental health issues he said that she was just severely narcissistic and manipulative oh shit which is true she's highly manipulative yeah but to to admit like to dismiss like an actual mental illness and be like oh like she's you're working it yeah and she is highly manipulative she gets people to kind of do her will in her way with Marjorie comes a string of dead men left behind her. In a ni- black widow. In 1984, Marjorie shoots her sleeping boyfriend, Thomas, six times as he sleeps on the couch. She goes to trial. She's acquitted due to self-defense, although she's known to later brag and even laugh about getting away with his murder. He was sleeping. In the ninety in 1990, she marries a man named Richard, and by 19, in 1992, Richard dies due to an internal brain hemorrhage that he suffers from a serious head injury when he fell at home and hits his head on a table. Accident. That time, Marjorie sues the hospital for medical malpractice and walks away with over a hundred thousand dollars. Then she start eventually she dates a man named. James Roden, the man in the freezer. There we go. They date for eight years. And then one night, the summer of 03, they get into a pretty gnarly fight where Marge shoots him with a shotgun, killing him. I wonder how he lasts eight years. I feel like the other ones were quickies. Yeah. Panicked, or should I say air quote panicked because she's manipulative, right? She calls her longtime friend and ex-boyfriend. Of course. Bill. Mm. And basically is begging him for help. She had to kill her boyfriend because they got into a fight and he was attacking her and blah, 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 blah. She had no choice. Her and Bill dated way back in the early 70s. And they've remained friends since then Hmm. but you know convenient shit's complicated of course in the documentary they really go into how they maybe never got over each other and they have this weird like kind of twisted symbiotic weird relationship with each other over the years yeah so she needs help getting rid of james's body and what she wants bill to do is put him into a wood chipper and bill's like that's a terrible fucking idea what I'm not doing that. So he agrees to go over, pick up James's body, wrap him in a sheet, take him to his garage and put him in his deep freezer. Hmm. Now, the police go and get Bill, bring him in for questioning. They search his garage. They find the body. His house, for whatever it's worth, is a fucking disaster. It's like a disgusting hoarder lives there. It's the worst. Cool. They find Marjorie upstairs in a bedroom where she is sitting on the edge of a bed, ranting and raving like a fucking lunatic, just going on and on and on and on about some bullshit. She also has 
clearly not showered in weeks. So she is in a state. They arrest Marjorie and she swears she's got nothing to do with it. It was all Bill. It's because Bill's jealous of all of her boyfriends. He still loves her. Yada, yada, yada. Marge is in jail waiting for trial. Bill gets out because he is fully cooperating with law enforcement and even agrees to lead the police in a search of his house. Which, by the way, I didn't write this down, but in the documentary, he leads the police on a search of his house and there's like a bunch of there's shit everywhere. I mean, easily you could gather stuff up to make a bomb. Yeah, there's shit everywhere. And somewhere there's like a big pile of stuff on a table or something. And he writes a note like. Don't worry about this. It has nothing to do with Brian Wells case. And they're like, why would you write that? And he's like, well, I just know that you guys would be looking into Brian Wells's case. But and I just, don't look at I just this. wanted to let you know that it has nothing to do with anything in this house. It's just so fucking dumb. Like, don't push the red button. Right. You're just drawing attention. Now, this invest this investigation, the murder of James is being led by the police because it's a local case. Mm -hmm. But due to the fact that it's the same goddamn pizza delivery address, of course, the FBI pick up on it. And so they're pretty sure that the cases are connected. They see the state of Marjorie over there and they're like, these two things are probably connected. But who fucking built the bomb? Because... This broad is over here talking to the wind, talking to the sky right now. She can't build a bomb. That's all I've been thinking this whole time. This fucking lunatic. So they, of course, in not question, interview. They interview our guy, Bill, who refuses to talk about the Brian Wells' case. He's like, I. it has nothing to do with us. Uh, did you not see the note? <laughs> did you not see the I'm note? not talking about that. There's no point. I mean, talking about that shit. Clearly. But he is a bragger. He loves to fucking. He loves to tell everyone. <laughs> so I'm so smart. He's being interviewed by like one of the top FBI guys. And he's the FBI guys like he he sat there. I came in. I sat down. He looks me right in the eye and he said, I'm the smartest man in this room. And I said, Bill, it's just the two of us in here. And Bill's all Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Golly, smartest man in the room. It's just two of us. That's how he's so confident. Yes. So he wants everybody to know that he's very fucking smart and that he has an engineering degree and he did time with Mensa. Do you know what Mensa is? Yeah. It's like the genius fucking people, the genius think tank. Mm -hmm. And that he was a robotics teacher for years. And the FBI guy's like, sounds like all a the things you need to make a bomb. Build a bomb. Yeah. God damn it. Marjorie, on the other hand, gives <sighs> nothing. She's not She's saying a word. Planet. Yeah. She damn. doesn't say a word. Although in her, her ramblings, she does mention the name Ken Barnes. Mm. Ken Barnes is friends with Marjorie and Bill. He's also a crack dealer. Ken is questioned and pretty quickly admits to helping with the Brian Wells's case. 
He says that Marjorie did the planning. Obviously. Bill built the bomb. Duh. And because Ken for years was a TV repairman, they brought him in to help with the timers. They couldn't figure oh. out the complex timer situation. Okay. So they brought in Ken for the timers. I mean, this is a horrible thing to say, but I'm like, respect to the crackhead for knowing about the timers. Like, that's a craft. I mean, yeah, I know, but I would always trust, trust a crackhead or a tweaker to figure some shit out. Like, look, They'll figure it out. For real. So... Marjorie originally wanted to hire Ken to kill her dad for mm. it said for the insurance money. I guess it could also be for the inheritance, but basically for a payday. Yeah. She wanted to knock off her own dad. Mm -hmm. Ken agreed to it, but his fee was $250,000. So then she said, great, we need to rob a bank. And so then she came up with this elaborate fucking bank robbery scheme. Incredible. They do arrest Bill, although he ends up dying within a year in jail um, due to cancer that he previously had before they could ever get a confession out of him. So yeah. he's useless. Ken pleads guilty and is sentenced to 45 years, and he testifies in court <clears throat> against Marjorie. January 2005, Marjorie is found guilty but mentally ill of third degree murder of James oh. and is sentenced to seven to 20 years. July 2008, Mary is found. Sorry, Mary. I keep saying Mary. It's because I have Marge written, but my G's look like Y's. Mm -hmm. So anytime I've said Mary, just pretend I said Marge. July 2008, Marjorie is unfit to stand trial for the Brian Wells case. That changes on October 12th, 2010, which... We're one day away from that. So I always like it when our dates kind of match up with the podcast. That. Marjorie is fit to stand trial. November 1st, 2010. She is found guilty and is sentenced to life in prison, which lasts until April 4th, 2017, when she dies of breast cancer. Wow. So that is the case. Yeah. Although there is a question to be asked. Okay. And authorities are split on this. Wow. A lot of them believe that Brian Wells himself was also involved in this robbery case, that he's one of the original planners of the case. Some things that they have to come to that conclusion is that there are witnesses who claim to have heard him talking about the robbery beforehand in the days leading up to it. There are witnesses to have seen him leaving um, Bill's house the day before. Okay. Neighbors who loved him and said that he was a great neighbor. Yeah. One of the things that they told um, police when they interviewed them was that Brian was such a sweet guy. He was so quiet and he loved, loved, loved puzzles and like word games. And he loved doing the local newspaper scavenger hunt puzzles that that was his thing okay and this would explain his calm demeanor in the bank and leaving the bank mm -hmm. although what they think happened was that he was part of the planning and that he thought the bomb was fake and Until. that's why his demeanor changed when that motherfucker started ticking. Yeah. And then he's like, wait, 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 wait. This is different. We got to get going. We got to mm -hmm. get moving here. 
and that they decided to make the bomb a real bomb one to kill one more one one less person to rat tying up loose ends tying up loose ends also less uh, one less person to split the money with of course this would also explain his friend Robert's weird paranoia mm-hmm. at the end of his life when he's like, oh, it's I'm, it's me. I'm next. Like yeah. if he had told Robert about the plan again, Robert was a drug addict. Maybe he was buying drugs from Ken. You know, maybe that's why he was so freaked out at the end. Mm-hmm. So that's what some people think. However, uh, semi recently, a sex worker named Jessica Hoopsick has came forward. She was Brian was a frequent customer of hers and she admits to setting him up for money and drugs with basically Ken asked her if she knew a patsy, if Mm -hmm. she knew somebody who would be gullible, easy to take down, whoop de whoop de whoop. So she gave him Brian's information, which is why they called that pizza place in particular and got an order from Brian. Mm -hmm. And she said that Brian had no idea and that he was a sweet man. And she feels really fucking bad for selling him out for drugs and money. So that is the Brian Wells case. Did we forget to mention what you're reading out of? this evening oh yes of course because this is the 100th episode the most special of episodes it's in my monk notebook i love that yep i love that only the top tier cases go in the monk notebook of course all right what do you think of brian wells i'm shocked by the whole live tv head explosion yeah it's pretty shocking when you see it on netflix that's bananas I'm going to add some white wine to mine because mine is very fucking sweet. Okay, me too, which makes it more us anyways. Yeah. It's like a... That is, that is, it's good. If you like a sweet cocktail, this will do you. It's a little sweet for my taste. But me and B don't eat sugar, really, so. Not to mention this is my version of the... Yeah, could you imagine how all, sweat the real one was? Forget it, with a strawberry liqueur. But I could liqueur. see Ash liking a real sweet drink. I mean, and if it's got the ketamine in it. Yeah. Well, of course. We forgot about the ketamine, how that affects the taste, of course. (gasps) All right, everybody. 30 minutes or less. Let's get into it. Unlike this episode. (laughs) Look at you. (laughs) We're at an hour and 30 right now. Okay. We've got Dwayne, played by Danny McBride. And let's shout out. That he wrote the last three Halloween movies. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I have some things to take up with him, but I, okay. Regardless of how we feel about them, that's still fucking cool. It is cool. That's is cool, cool as fuck. Yeah. For Danny McBride to be like, yeah, I fucking. I Hell yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, he should have switched that second and third movie though, huh? <sighs> I mean, he's. He can only do so much. <laughs> he should tap into us next time. That's right. And his BFF, Travis, played by Nick Swartzen. Okay. Funny, funny. Love it. So McBride is the entitled asshole kid with the dad who won the lottery money. Okay. They hire a hitman, played by Michael Pena. Fucking all-star Oh, cast. forget it. Forget it, right? To kill the dad. But okay. just like you said, they need the money. 
Yeah. They can't pay the hitman if they don't have the money and they need the money. Just tell them you're good for it, bro. So they kidnap pizza guy, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. And they strap the bomb to him and tell him that he has 10 hours to Ooh, get. Oh, he got 10. He got 10 hours to get them a hunt. A hundred thousand dollars. Okay. He enlists. Wait, ten hours to get only a hundred thousand. This guy's got it on easy, easy street compared to Brian Wells. He enlists the help of his BFF for life, Aziz Ansari. Fantastic! <laughs> what a cast. So that's why when you said it was a sleeper, I was like, I could have just be. I fall asleep during movies literally all the time. And you had babies. Yeah. So. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, I had the fucking it's newborn. Two th- it's two thousand eleven. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, anyways, long story short, they get the money, they get to the drop with the hitman, but the hitman doesn't have the code to get the bomb off. (laughs) So they're like, fuck you. And they bounce with the money that switches the hit from Eisenberg to McBride. Okay. And then McBride kidnaps NZ and Zari's sister. Okay. Who is also Eisenberg's love interest. Yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they arrange for the meat, right? Because they've still got the money. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, fuck it. So in the drop, they get the sister back. They hand over the money. But Enzi's and Zari pretends to be like a sniper with like a, a laser pointer. Mm-hmm. So they get the money back and they've got the sister and then the hitman comes for Swartz. No, for McBride. Swartzen has a fucking flamethrower. There's a gun shootout. There's flamethrowers. <laughs> there's a car chase. Yeah. Like it's just it's fucking bananas. Yeah. But either way, they end up with the money. Eisenberg. Yeah. And and they live happily ever after. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Right. So, I mean, yes, they did pretty good. There was a bank robbery for a hitman to kill for money. Yeah. There was pizza. There it's was- 30 minutes for left for less or <laughs> 30 minutes or less because that's how he's supposed to get the pizzas delivered. Yeah, of course. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. B, that was such a fast <laughs> review. You didn't take very many notes, huh? No. Okay. I wonder why. Hmm. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Is it because that was not the movie we did this week? <laughs> did we fool you? What movie did we did we did we trick you right. with our little game? Uh, like, right. You want to play a game? Do you want to play a game? I want to play a game. What movie did we really do, B? Obviously, we did the first Saw movie. Hell yeah, <laughs> we did, dude. And obviously, we went and saw the newest Saw in theaters. And Had obviously, to. we have a review for you. So we have, for 99 episodes, the one horror movie franchise we can't do is Saw because it's not based in reality. I mean... Although we did push it with our Freddy Krueger episode. That was not anything to do with anything. But you make it work. Anyways, um, I remember this documentary, apparently a docuseries from Netflix. And it's always been in the back of my mind that it was going to be the closest thing to Saw mm-hmm. we could ever get to. So I'm like, perfect. Let's do it for the 100. We haven't done Saw. Saw X is coming out. Wonderful. We literally did everything for this episode 
up until yesterday. <laughs> and I don't know what I was Googling. I was Googling something for my notes and I realized they made a movie based yeah. on the Brian Wells's case <laughs> and it's that Jesse Eisenberg movie. So I texted B. Uh, B said, no sweat. I'll watch it I real fast this. because what Why else not? are you doing at work? It's our hundredth episode. Yeah, you know, and was like a 90 minute movie for or something. Real. So that was your quick review of the actual movie. Yes. But now we'll get into our the episode. Meat, the meat and potatoes, the baby. Goods. This is what we've been this waiting is, for. This is what the podcast is based on. Shall we potty? Yes. Yes. All right. We're back. We've got fresh drinks, fresh ice, and we're ready to roll. All right. Saw one. Let me guess when it came out. Two thousand and two, three, four, one, four. All right. <laughs> but still, yeah, two thousand four. It would have been really fun if it would have came out the same year of the Brian Wells's case. Yeah. That would have been perfect. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Imagine waking up chained in a bathtub full of dirty water Ugh. and then stumbling out into darkness. The first thing you hear is an unknown voice telling you not to scream. <laughs> I'm screaming immediately. Because they've already tried that. And this is exactly what poor Adam is waking up to. After a few moments, the lights come on and Adam can see that now he's in a dirty, abandoned bathroom chained to a fucking pipe on the wall. Mm -hmm. There's a stranger who we know as Dr. Gordon chained to the opposite side of the room. And a dead body laying face down in a pool of blood from a gunshot wound to the head in the middle who's holding a tape recorder in one hand and a gun in the other. Besides Saw, some of you might remember Adam from his reoccurring role in the Insidious movies that I've mentioned multiple times in the past. And also, we all remember Dr. Gordon as Detective Kenneth Shine from Alphabet Killer Episode 70, titled M is for Monk. M is for Monk. We'll take any monk where we can get it. Any monk while we can get it. Also, on a side note, I just realized this the other day. Lou and I were watching the original Fast and the Furious, mm -hmm. which still holds up. Mm -hmm. And in it, one of, I believe he plays a cop, is our guy. Buffalo Bill. Shut the fuck up. A.K.A. Not Captain. Captain Stoudemire. Incredible. Mm -hmm. And we even talked about that at Zoe's party because you had mentioned how the fashion. Yeah, the early 2000s fashion holds up. Mm -hmm. Michelle Rodriguez could walk into a room dressed Today. like that right now. And mm -hmm. the Gen Zers and the Gen Alphas are about it. would lose their minds. She looks so current and cool. You know who else is losing his mind? Ooh. Adam. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Rightfully so. <laughs> He's doing anything he can to get unchained while Dr. Gordon tries to keep calm and figure out why they're there. Neither believes they know the victim and neither has a clue why they are there or why. And slowly they start to share information about themselves in hopes to figure out 
the connection. Eventually, they find a small tape in their pocket and they put it in the recorder that says, play me. But the only difference is Dr. Gordon also gets a single bullet and a small key. Okay. And that bathroom or wherever they're at is so gross. Fucking gross. That's scary enough. The key, of course, isn't going to work on the chains. But eventually they reach the recorder and they listen to the messages in which we learn that the dead man had been poisoned. And when he couldn't find the cure in time, he took his own life, shooting himself in the head. We also learn that Adam's a piece of shit. He pretends to be sick so that he can get get attention. And really his only bad habit is a smoking habit. And the fact that he's an asshole. Okay. Dr. Gordon has until 6 p.m. to kill Adam or his wife and child will be killed instead. He and Adam will then be left to rot together in the bathroom. And then the recording also mentions there is a way to win. You have to follow your heart. X marks the spot and let the game begin. Okay. I'm dead. I get oh, it. I'm. <laughs> as with all, I mean, this one doesn't have a clear way out, but almost every saw trap there is, I'm like, so then I die, I guess. Huh? Have you done an escape room? I have not yet. No. I don't have enough friends to do one with. It's not fun. Right. It's awful. I yeah. hate it. I hate it. <laughs> well, in all fairness, you keep doing it with your husband. I know. Which it's makes true. everything it's, so no, much harder. It's, Awful. That's one of the reasons we can't all do it together because it's going to be me and Nick arguing while everybody else stands around. It's just another excuse for me to want to lay down and just die. I'm like, I'll be over here in the corner, guys. I already know it's going to be me and Nick or or you figure it out. Me and Nick working amazingly together to solve the crime again while everyone sits around for real, though. So silly. They immediately get to work when they notice a heart drawn in blood on the toilet. So Adam sticks his hand in and it's fucking disgusting. And he finds a trash bag with two rusted ass hacksaws inside. Dr. Gordon knows there's no way in hell it's going to get through the chains. And then he tries to figure out who's behind this. He tells Adam a little story that takes us back in time five months prior. We see Detective Tap. A.K.A. Danny motherfucking Glover, Detective Singh, and Officer Carrie, better known as Sally Larkin from episode seven, or season seven, episode eight, Mr. Monk gets hypnotized. Thank God there's a monk oh, on our 100th Oh, you know it, episode. babe. You fucking know it. We would have had him been going through I fucking s- cameraman, lighting no. techs. <laughs> Mm-mm. And up front, too. I'm just getting started. <clears throat> Love it. They are examining the body of Paul, who, besides being a bit overweight, was previously healthy, middle-class white man, his death caused by climbing through a cage filled with barbed wire. According to the tape found at the scene, Paul had been admitted at a hospital because he cut his wrists. But Why? Did he want to die or did he want attention? Let's fucking find out. 
obviously, if he wanted to die, it'd be simple. He'd just sit there and let the timer go off and fucking kill himself. But he decided to climb through the barbed wire in an attempt to live, and it eventually cut deep enough to cause him to bleed out. Again, I'll just die. Well, that, I mean... Barbed wire I might try because I might think because in the movie he goes at it frantically like an animal Mm -hmm. but I feel like if maybe you're careful about it. Spoiler alert I have the internet's top 10 death traps of of like the 72. Yeah and they tell you how to get like through them. Well not only that where I'm not going to go into that but like just listen to these and tell me what you think of what the internet came up with as their top 10. Of like hardest to get through? Mm -hmm. It's like would you survive? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what? We've already got the bathroom where we're like, fuck it. I'm done. Yeah. We've got this guy with the barbed wire. You're like, maybe. You might try. I would try. Yeah. See? I would see how far I get. What's the worst that happens? I decide I don't want to do it and then and I the, get poisoned. There you go. So, among the many wounds they find is a small jigsaw piece of flesh that's been removed. And thus, we have our jigsaw killer. Mm-hmm. All that considering, is he a killer? Because he's not technically killing the person. They're, he's for sure a kidnapper. Uh, right. They're killing themselves, I guess, yeah. one way or the other. Next up, we have Mark. He likes to play sick for attention as well. He's given the option to die by poison. The antidote, you have to search the wall to find a combination and he's naked covered in the flammable substance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and on the floor are shards of glass it's mm-hmm. all covered in glass and his only way to see the combinations on the wall is by holding a candle mm. but how does that as long as it doesn't touch your skin right it's a very small candle <laughs> got it <laughs> like it's like a tea light <laughs> okay mm-hmm. or it's poison yeah because you don't find it and you just die. The antidote. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still gonna take wa- poison. Right? You just stand there and just wait. Yeah. And die. Yeah. You're not going to walk around in shards Listen, of glass. Listen, I hate to break it to all the people and in the Saw movies. We all die at I, some I, point. So whether I die now of poison yeah. or I die in 20 years as a burn disfigured person. Forget it. Then I'll just fucking die now. Oh, I'm absolutely not going to risk being burned. Yeah, I hate that. Being burned alive. I hate it. I'd rather freeze. I'd rather drown. I will take the poison. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. Okay. Hey, broken glass everywhere. Be Jigsaw his own game. Kill yourself. (laughs) I'm being serious. Open a vein. For real. Like, fuck you. I'm out. I'm going to die anyways. I'm going to die on my terms. Look at you. Such a rebel. (laughs) I don't think I could actually do it, though, because I hate pain. I know, but hey, that's still a great idea. Okay. While it's hard for our detective to identify Mark from his charred remains, I was able to identify him as Frank Wicks from season two, episode 14, Mr. Monk and the captain's wife. Oh, my God. All right. Here we go. That's that's dos. Cheers. That's dos. And whatever you did, this is much better. What did you change? Ice and white wine. Okay, it's much better. 
I think it's ice because you put the white wine in. Yeah. I put the ice in. No, it's much better. Yeah, of course, because ice makes everything better. I know. The clues left at the scene include a peephole used to watch Mark burn to death and the pen light with a certain doctor's fingerprints on it. Ooh. Obviously, Detective Tap and Singh go to see Dr. Gordon at the hospital where he's being a typical doctor, right? We're referring to our terminal patient as such using all technical terms, no bedside manner. Mm-hmm. Some would see this as being cold, including hospital orderly Zepp, who points out that the patient has a name, John. He's still a person and he should be treated as such. We love Sepp. Taken in for questioning, Dr. Gordon calls in defense attorney Brett, who advises Dr. Gordon to expose his dirty secret now that he's having an affair with a nursing student. Our OG listeners will remember Brett from his role as Jose Menendez from episode 89. Happy Monk Menendez Day. (laughs) I was just about to say, I'm going to lose. I was going to lose my mind if it was a monk. It kind of it is. is a monk. Fucking That's four happy monks. Monk Menendez. Also, the Menendez brothers are in my monk notebook. God damn it. <gasps> the universe again, knew. The, oh, the universe knew what we needed for our 100th episode. This is insane. Like, it just, I just, all I want oh. is just. Like, even if it's just this episode for Tony Shalhoub to listen to one time and hear Kay. how much we fucking love uh, him. Babe, I'm not done. I know. I'm just saying, like, I want him to know that he... Ha- do, do you think he knows that he has super fans? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, he probably doesn't know that he has people who are We've obsessed manifested with him. so much. If we can <laughs> only manifest this. Okay. So, again, this is just from episode 89. Happy Monk Menendez Day. But... Our true writer dies. Mm. We'll know that we titled the episode as such because he also played <laughs> juror number seven from season four, episode 16, Mr. Monk. It's jury duty. Oh, my God. <laughs> Drink. Oh, my God. I can't. I just it's so much. Ooh. So many monks. Okay. Do we name this? Like, I can't. It's just. <laughs> a hun- 99 monks. Oh. Got 99 problems, oh, but a monk ain't one. one. <laughs> <laughs> That's so amazing. Okay. Okay. Dr. Gordon's alibi is confirmed. As they ask him to sit and listen to the testimony of the one surviving jigsaw victim drug addict amanda our girl who woke up tasting blood from the metal trap hooked to her upper and lower jaw i feel like she's the poster girl for like i feel like when you think of the original saw movie this is it this is the picture you see this is it secured to a chair by restraints she's told that once she breaks free a timer will go off for 60 seconds before the trap on her head rips it apart. To escape the jaws of life, she has to dig the key out of what she assumes is her dead lover's body. 
Too bad he's not dead. He's paralyzed by an overdose. He can't move, but he's fully aware of what's happening to him while she's digging through his remain or like through his body and like they're making eye contact and she's just fucking going for it. Mm. That's a hard one to decide if I would do it or not. Right. So she survives, obviously. And cue Billy the puppet riding in on his tricycle to congratulate her on her second chance of life. You know what's funny is in the first Saw movie, Billy's scary. But the continued use of him, you're just like. It's a fucking puppet. What's what is Jigsaw doing? What I is know, the point of this? I know exactly what he's doing. Oh. And I'm going to tell you all about it. Because oh, you have a theory? I pieced together the whole fucking timeline. Oh, okay. I cannot wait. I pieced together the whole, the way that these movies fuck with us and the way that they're released and recorded. Okay. They're, they, purposefully play mind games with you in the way that they release the movies. Do you know, are how many different directors have there been? Do you know? Quite a few. I want to say okay. at least four. I thought it'd be really cool if it was all the same director no. and this has been like a master plan. Not at all. Okay. Nope. I can't wait to hear it though. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where the fuck did I'm I I'm sorry leave? I interrupted you. No, no, you. no, no. So... They reviewed the tape left by Jigsaw for Amanda and Dr. Tap, Dr. Detective Tap. <laughs> How dare you? Finds some distinct gang markings and here's an alarm going off. And so he's able to backtrack and lead him and his partner to an abandoned mannequin warehouse where they find a man secured to a chair with drills pointed at his head. And just as they're about to help him, they hear the killer approaching. And instead of helping the guy, they decide to hide. They're like, this is our chance. Right. Too bad. You guys all thanks. For real. (laughs) And too bad they didn't plan on, like, having to choose between saving the guy or catching this jigsaw guy. And so... With 20 seconds to figure out how to get the man released, Detective Singh ends up shooting the machine to stop it. This distracts Tap, who then gets his throat slit by Jigsaw. Jigsaw takes off. Singh takes off after him, not thinking about the whole fucking place being booby-trapped. He, of course, gets shot after being, like, tripping a wire. Singh dies, Tap lives, he's discharged, and he's obsessed with proving that Dr. Gordon is the killer. And then meanwhile, back in the bathroom, Dr. Gordon and Adam are still trying to figure out what the fuck's going on when they remember that X marks the spot. They turn on the lights, or no, they turn off the lights, and they find like a glowing X. Inside the wall is a box with a flip phone that is set to receive calls only, two cigarettes, a lighter, and a note to the doctor that reads, the cigarettes are harmless, smoking is only poisonous when it ends in bloodshed. Think about this. You don't need a gun to kill Adam. Believing the blood from the dead body in the room is poisoned, 
Dr. Gordon dips one of the cigarettes in it. He tosses a clean one to Adam. He's trying to convince Jigsaw that he's trying to poison Adam. Like he mm. thinks he can outsmart Jigsaw. Right. Obviously, that doesn't fly. And as punishment, Adam gets electrocuted. And then the cell phone rings. It's Dr. Gordon's wife. She's been kidnapped by orderly Zepp. And they're telling him not to believe Adam's lies. Okay. Also, how smart to think that the blood... I would never have put that together. The poison? On my own. I yeah. would have never thought... No to way. dip those cigarettes I'm in so a poison blood. I'm so fucking dumb. Forget it. Uh, you know what? I thought the first thing I went, thank God I have a cigarette. <laughs> You know what I mean? For real. Like, if we're doing this shit. Let's smoke it out. Here, you get, get one, Adam. I get one. You're let's... so much better than me. I've been like, I get both cigarettes <laughs> and you can go fuck yourself. Because I'm stressing out and I need the nicotine. <laughs> I love that. I do. Cheers to that, yeah. bitch. Cheers to you. <laughs> fuck you. I'm getting both of them. I get both of them. <laughs> what, what's the point of sharing? Incredible. I love that for you. That would be Jigsaw's real test. He's like, actually, it's good to share with your friends. <laughs> now yeah. you get a Sharing die. is caring. That's right. The game is over. Adam gets free. You die oh by a million cigarettes. God. Okay. Adam reveals he's been following Mr. Unfaithful Doctor for days, hired by none other than Detective Tap. Just when they think they're making sense of everything, it's 6 p.m. and time's up. Zepp has Dr. Gordon's wife call once again, but what Zepp doesn't know is the wife has broken out of her restraints, so they have a struggle. But poor Dr. Gordon, he's hearing all of this from the other line, so all he's hearing is his wife scream right. and like shooting and his daughter, and he's thinking, The worst. That, that's it. Yeah. Right. Detective Tap, however, has been perving out in an apartment across the street, like watching them through like a window. So mm -hmm. he hears all this, too. And so he goes to see what's going on. The wife and the daughter escape. Tap goes after Zep. They end up getting led to the bathroom but that's like later while dr gordon is obviously going ape shit right he doesn't know what the fuck's going on so at this point he's like well i've lost all my chances what what's left to do he wants to cut himself out of the chains mm -hmm. adam's pleading with him to reconsider and this is when we see him use the dull saw to just you know do the deed yeah right through his fucking leg yeah well, he's screaming and adam's screaming yeah. and i'm screaming yeah it's like a rough scene <laughs> and that's when we first know that i don't have what it takes absolutely not so once free though i mean he crawls for the gun and he loads it with a bullet and he does shoot adam but i mean it's too little too late and on the other side of the door, Zepp shoots Detective Tap, and then the door opens, and Zepp and Dr. Gordon come, like, face to face. Ooh. 
Zepp goes to check on Adam's body. Adam is not dead. Gordon shot him in the shoulder. Like, just enough. Yeah. You know? They fight. Adam gets Zepp on the ground and crushes his skull with the toilet tank cover. As he should. Hoping they can both survive, Dr. Gordon crawls from the room, promising to find help. And now alone in the bathroom, Adam searches Zepp's body for any clues as to what the fuck's going on and what might be able to release him from the chains. And he finds a message that Jigsaw left to Zepp. Zepp was also part of the game. Yes. He was told that he was poisoned and the only way to earn his cure was by killing the doctor's wife and child. And so while Adam is reeling from this revelation that he's just killed this guy and he's still stuck in this fucking bathroom and he doesn't know what the hell's going on, what happens? The dead body rises up. Da-na-na. right that's so fucking crazy tell me that even though you've seen it just like that's so fucking twist crazy time john kramer it stands up it's bananas and not only that that the fucking key the whole time it was on adam when he was in the bathtub it's because Mm, he flailed yeah and like released the water that it sucked the uh, the sucked the key down. Otherwise, he had everything they needed to get yeah. out. It's just oh my god! It gives me fucking chills. To be honest, I forgot about the key until you told me. Yeah, no, and and it's it's such a subtle little thing because it's at the very beginning of the movie when you first see Adam. There's a glowing light that's floating yeah. in the water with him, and it's the fucking key. Oh my god! How and heartbreaking! He, and he freaks out. As anyone would. Honestly, if I found that out, just kill me then. Because I, I don't want to live with myself any longer. So, the last thing that John says to Adam is, most people are so ungrateful to be alive, but not you. Not anymore. Game over. Bomp, bomp, bomp. Jigsaw slams the door closed and it traps Adam in darkness. And we listen to him scream as the screen, like, fades to black. Okay. Bye-bye, Adam. Right. It's so fucking good. It's such... It's such a good movie, that first one. It really is. It's something of its own. It's... There's been none other like it. The no, others can't it's compare. Like if there's, if, it's like if you combined a few movies. It reminds me of Seven. Mm-hmm. Mm. It reminds me of um, was that the Usual Suspects, the you know with Kevin Spacey. Oh, okay. Just because the twist at the end where he's like the one and all the clues align, and then it's a horror movie. Yeah. So now we give our review of the movie. So we went and saw Saw Ten, mm-hmm. in or Saw X, yes. which is the tenth one, right? Correct. In theaters, we did not get blackout drunk this time, which is what happened to us last March seeing the new Scream movie. (laughs) Um, In fact, we did it sober, which is kudos to us. I mean, really, round of applause. Although it might have been better 
had we I been. don't know that there's a whole lot that can make it better. Oh. Spoiler alert, guys. Spoiler alert on Saw. I mean, it's, it's the 10th fucking one. Like, yeah. at some point, we're running out of ideas. First of all, the first 20 minutes, you're in a medical drama. It's like artsy almost. It's yeah. Like, it's like, w- w- did we sign up for this? Is this a soap opera? And John Kramer, you get, you like feel for him a little bit. And we hate that. We yes. we talked about that in the Freddy Krueger remake. Let our bad we guy talk be a about, bad guy. We talk about it in the Michael Myers. They're not people. Literally. Like, stop. Fuck John Kramer. Um. I don't care about all of his morality and his high horse that he rides in on. I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. Humans are flawed. Humans make mistakes. It's not your job to decide if somebody's done something that you don't agree with that you get to put them in a fucking death trap. So we're not going to try to give anything away. Go see it if you want to see it. It does what it does. It's a Saw movie. You're going to get yeah, but it's not even a well done Saw movie. I know, but like you're, you'll get what you're looking for. And it gets, dare I say, a little silly at points. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, we weren't huge fans, but I'll stand on this, which is, again, I feel like the first Saw was perfect. Absolutely. Don't I feel touch like the it. first Saw was perfect. Leave it, walk the away. The sequels are whatever. I could have lived my whole life without sequels and had a great. Song when movie. I go over this timeline with you, you're gonna it's gonna validate everything you're saying. Yeah, I feel the same way about a lot of movies, though. Like I said, Scream didn't need any sequels. I appreciate some of them, but that's just because I'm me. They're fun. I get what you're saying, and what you're saying is totally valid. And I absolutely and they're I'm, fun. And I agree with yeah. you. I will watch every Scream sequel. Because this is on fun. a different level of like they just fucking went bananas. Crazy. Yeah. This the way the way it all comes together in such a surprising way in that first one. Oh my god! They've never been able to recreate. No, you'll never. Never. Also, because you know you're in on the twist now. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen. You know that even if you don't guess the twist, you know there's going to be a twist. Yeah, and like you said, like John's never going to be the same. The puppet's never going to be the same. Yeah. None of it's ever going to be no the same. Okay. So first of all, let's let's do this. 30 minutes or less, how many knives do you give I'm going to go to four. Saw? How many knives? I mean... How many saws? As a movie... As a movie, nothing to do a, with... A five. Because it's not based on... No. Brian it Wells. Never claimed it's to just be, This that, is an excuse for us. You know, if you give me a collar bomb and a countdown, I'm going to say saw. And the riddles. The riddles. And the, the time. Scavenger hunt, the time. Can you survive it? Is yeah. it realistic? Can you? Because in a lot of these yeah. Saw movies, when we start to get fucking cuckoo bananas, you can't survive it. Right. So and there yes. are fucking twists and plots. and So it is, in that regards, Saw-like. Yeah. Saw is not based on anything. No. Saw is make-believe. Yeah. So as a movie, Five Knives. Of course. Okay. That first one. Because it's... God, it's so good. Yeah, forget the sequels. It's unlike anything else. The fact that I haven't watched it in so long and rewatching it, I was just like, fuck, dude. It's just like, it's brilliant. So good. So let's get into the madness of it all. Oh, my God. Let's go deep. This shit's weird. Okay. So now we're going to take it. It all kind of begins in Saw 2. Yes. 
Okay. Where did you drop off? Just curious. Like, I feel like I dropped off watching at like Saw 3. I think I've seen all the Saws. Really? Okay. Well, Not then, in the theater. Yeah, but. Uh, How, when did I drop off in the theater? Probably after Saw 3. Well, well, then good on you. No, I definitely have not seen all of them. And so. I definitely, I went a long time. Again, if you line it up with the li- with my yeah. lifetime, yeah. I probably dropped off seeing it in theaters when I started having kids. Right. And I don't think I saw another one in theaters until Spiral. Mm-hmm. Because I was really excited about a, what I thought was going to be a new, a new gritty take. Yeah, 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 Chris yeah. Rock was in it. I thought right. it was going to be more like seven. Well, let, to be totally let's get into that. I know. I'm just saying that's of when course. I started rewatching them in theaters. So we start with Saw 2. Detective Matthews, a.k.a. Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> okay. Took a break from Wahlbergers to do this. Uh, plants the evidence. That causes Amanda and several other innocent people to go to jail. And in jail is where Amanda gets hooked on heroin. Oh, okay. Okay. So then in Saw 4 and 5, we learn that after Amanda's released, she ends up at John's wife's Jill's rehab center. Mm Mm-hmm. Where Amanda convinces another patient to steal drugs. And during this robbery, Jill gets pushed with a door and miscarries what would have been her and John's first and only child. Their little baby jigsaw. So, suffering from depression, John goes into the doctor's office for tests when his x-rays get mishandled. By a resident, Logan, and John's cancer goes undiagnosed. And by the time they find it, it's inoperable, and John approaches his insurance company about experimental operations in which his claims are declined. Yeah. So now, with the depression worsening, John and Jill separate, and John tries to kill himself by driving off the cliff in Saw 2. Yeah. He, of course, survives and thus begins this experience where he's trying to give people a newfound appreciation for life. You know what? Thanks for that, John, but why don't you keep it? Right. I'm good. We see his first trap in Saw 4, where the victim is the man who caused the miscarriage the night of the robbery. And he actually survives. And John keeps a piece of him, the jigsaw piece, Mm -hmm. which gets him his name. And John's first torture game included the resident Logan that fucked up his x-rays. And again, John decides to give Logan a second chance and takes Logan under his wing, creating the bear trap that was later used on Amanda. Right. And also, because he likes to sit on this, like, throne of morality, but, like, accidentally fucking up someone's x-rays. Like, that happens, dude. So that's why he lets them live. I know. I'm just saying. I know. Otherwise. Would he have let him live if he decided to be a protege? What if he was like, you're a sick motherfucker and I'm going to the cops? Right. They (laughs) all. He's like, well, first you have to escape Mm -hmm. this warehouse. So. 
Then we've got the whole development of the bathroom scene for Dr. Gordon. And then in case anyone was wondering what happened to Adam. Yeah. He was left in the bathroom for like a while. And then Amanda actually goes back and kills him. Yeah. So, meanwhile, as Jigsaw's name's like gaining attention, we've got a dirty cop, Hoffman, who wants revenge for his sister's death. And he decides to kill that guy and makes it look like Jigsaw, which pisses off John. So John kidnaps him and blackmails him to become his apprentice in like Saw 5. Yeah. John's so sensitive. (laughs) Hoffman is the officer who planted the evidence on Dr. Gordon, the pen light. Mm -hmm. And then um, what else did he do? Let's find out. Let's turn the page. Oh, so now Saw X, the most recent one, happens like in between one and two. It's after. Oh, my God. I know. Really? Yes. Yes. Isn't that bananas? Yeah. They went back in time. Yeah. In between the bathroom and. And, like, what happens in Saw... Because what happens in Saw 2... Okay. So, in Saw X... I don't want to give too many spoilers, but we're going to Mexico, and shit goes wrong, and Amanda's there to help him. Yes. And they play the game, right? And... We see that they come back to the States in time to... Do Saw 2. Okay. Okay. Was that apparent in Saw X and I missed no, it? No. No. Oh, okay. It's just like this is the way. That's what I'm saying. They're fucked up in their okay. time. None of this is apparent in anything. This is what we had to piece together. Okay. So now we've got Officer Matthews wrongly convicted. And we've got Amanda and Officer Matthew's son and all of the people that he set up, right? Yeah. They're all in the trap for Saw 2. The Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, okay. Do you remember that one with the, the Oh, needles? I remember it, yeah, but yeah. I didn't realize that they were... Yeah. So, they all have two hours to escape before the nerve gas kills them. And that was so stupid because they needed the numbers off each other's necks. Exactly. And just, nobody stopped to look at each other's necks right. for a second. Amanda gets pushed in the pit. The needle pit. Yes. That was before I was diabetic and that really fucked with me because I used to be scared of needles. Mm-hmm. But now I have needles every day. So. All said and done, what Matthews doesn't realize is that the images that he's seeing were recorded in advance. And had he just waited patiently, like John had asked him to do the whole time, Mm -hmm. his son was safe, whatever. But instead, he gets lured to the same fucking bathroom from Saw 1, where he's attacked by Amanda in a pig mask. Dude, Amanda is just that bitch. She can overpower anybody. I learned that the significance of the pig mask is related to John's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Her family owned a pig farm. What a lovely tribute. And their son, Gideon, would have been born in the year of the pig. Lovely. Okay. I'm a year of the ox. 
I think I'm. Are you 85? Yeah. That's the year, all I guess. I'm the year of the ox. Too. Okay. Yeah. Well then. We're both oxens. There you go. Matthews escapes the bathroom by breaking his foot with the toilet lid. Mm-hmm. Speeds the shit out of it. He is nursed to health by Hoffman and he's stowed away until soft four. Okay. So now we got John and Amanda and they <sighs> steal a doctor and her husband and Amanda is asking the brain surgeon to perform an emergency craniotomy. Yeah, just like a open I remember yeah, yeah, this. Just yeah. like an open air fucking surgery if on John, John dies, she dies. Right. All the while her husband who is just ravished with grief over their son being murdered or something. He's in this game mm-hmm. with the people involved. The doctor and the husband both survive their tests. But what the husband doesn't realize is that he shoots Amanda, who then shoots his wife. And we learn that Amanda was instructed to kill the doctor all along because the other guy knows about her involvement in the fucking miscarriage. Like, all of it's connected. I know. It's so much. And it all comes back down to fucking don't hurt John's feelings, everybody. No. And then so the husband's final test is like, does he forgive John or does he kill John? And John reveals that he also captured his daughter. Oh, my Lanta. And that his wife could have survived had he not shot Amanda. Oh, my God. Or John. And so now the whole thing's like for nothing. All right. What doesn't make sense is that Saw 3 and 4 are in, like, parallel time. Okay. So we've got John, who is officially dead, but the game lives on within Hoffman and his apprentice when it's revealed that John already planned for his death, of course, because he plans for everything. Because he knows everything. And he left a series of clues... That leads investigators to a final game. We've got SWAT officer Rig, and they are trying to save missing colleague Hoffman and Matthews, right? So Donnie Wahlberg and then this fucking crooked cop mm-hmm. are in the game, and they're in a meat packing plant. The survival is dependent on Rig accepting Jigsaw's lesson to wait and choose moments rather than rush in and save the day. And what do you think happens? I don't know. He doesn't fucking listen. And he doesn't learn his lesson. And he causes the death of Matthews. But not before Matthews can shoot Riggs. And as he's dying, Hoffman reveals that he was Jigsaw's apprentice all along. Oh my god. We get to Saw 5, where Hoffman's now a hero. He survived Jigsaw, and he saved the daughter from Saw 3, and he gets promoted. And now, finally, other officers are like, what the fuck? They're starting to become suspicious of this Yeah, guy. how are you so good at this? Mm-hmm. And then, finally, one of them figures out his connection to his sister's death and, like, the similarities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they connect him to John. And a test is played where five people 
were accomplices to an arson. Okay. And no one was held accountable. And the video informs them that they must do the opposite of what their instincts would want them to do to to survive. So had they all worked together and made it to the end as a group, they would have realized that it only takes a little bit of like cooperation to survive. So instead, when we only have two final contestants, they need to open enough of their own blood yeah, to fill it up to survive their freedom. And obviously, when there's only two and it should have been the whole group, like, they're going to bleed out. It's right. Just, there's no winning that. And so then we have an officer find a tape from Hoffman but instead of listening to the tape, he ambushes, resulting in his own death. And then we get to Saw 6, which maintains the focus on Hoffman. And he's using a dead officer's severed hand to, like, plant fingerprints. And, <laughs> That's like, very smart. Uh-huh, distract people from the jigsaw crimes. And... This time we've got the insurance executives that fucked everybody up who are sick, right? They got to go. And their whole thing is that they're attached to what? Like a gun carousel (laughs) where the insurance agent gets to decide who lives. Mm -hmm. That's a fun one. All the while, I guess Jigsaw's wife, Jill figures out what's going on and so she ends up trapping Hoffman in the bear trap that Amanda was in Mm -hmm. she leaves him locked in a room to determine his fate and then as the test ends up resulting in killing the remaining player it activates Hoffman's trap but it only rips off like part of his face so he that ends up sucks. surviving. Fuck that. Just kill me. I know. So in Saw 7, of course, his wounds have healed. And guess who he's coming after? Jill. Oh, my God. Miss Jill Jigsaw. And Jill's one step ahead. And she goes to police. And she claims immunity for everything she has against Hoffman. Hoffman's out there fucking killing all sorts of people. Oh, Wait. One last train for the road. Is Was that it? There we go. Might be the last train ever heard on THC. It's a good one. It's pretty loud. Mm-hmm. Is it going to get louder as you start talking? Let's find out. <laughs> Sounds like I'm going to miss that. Do you think I'll hear it from my new place? No. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> So Hoffman's out there killing all sorts of people, including a guy who's making his media rounds promoting his story survive. He claims to have overcome the jigsaw experience, but he's fake as fuck. Oh, he made the whole thing up. Okay. Exploited it for a profit. Yep. Hoffman kills him using the same test that he fabricates in his story. And then covers all this up by killing a bunch of cops. And then kills Jill with the fucking bear trap. Okay. 
Thinking he's safe, he attempts to leave town, but not before three pig-masked figures come to get him. Who's the leader of the pig mask? Who? Dr. Gordon. (laughs) He survived all along. Oh, my God. Who the other people are, I have no fucking idea. But either way, he managed to cauterize his wound and then somehow, I guess, Jigsaw fucking whatever nursed him back to health. I mean, he helps you if you survive. Yeah. And so uh, we learned that he also contributed to a bunch of the traps in Saw 2 and he wanted to take action if anything were to happen to Jill. Okay. So, Gordon shackles Hoffman in the same bathroom where he was tested. He throws away the hacksaw that he used to escape and seals the door. And then Saw 8, which was originally supposed to be the last movie, takes place after John's death, obviously. We've got X-Ray Tech Logan, again, from, like, the first a game or whatever he's replicating John's work with crimes all across the city and then due to technicalities or whatever and his subjects include a man that killed his wife and the officer responsible for getting the criminals involved a lesser sentencing okay all of them are in this fucking death trap and that's basically what saw eight is is logan taking over his jigsaw and then we've got spiral yes right which is a copycat apparently Mm -hmm. so yeah chris rock finds out that it's his own partner behind the crimes and it's all related to his dad. I obviously misremembered that. I re- I thought it was a prequel, but yeah. that's my bad. So all said and done, why not pick up where Dr. Gordon left off? Who knows? Why go to Mexico in between? Because they realized that John Kramer is Saw. They needed John and Amanda. They regretted killing them both in Saw too. Mm-hmm. I guess. Now, finally, quickly, we've got the, of this, again, of the 72 torture <sighs> devices. So with, many. Within the 10 movies, we've got from 10 to 1, the knife chair, right? So you're strapped into a wooden chair with blades embedded in your wrists and ankles, and the only way you could escape face through a headpiece made of knives, which is going to leave you with permanent scars for the purpose of bringing the ugliness within you outside. Where do the knives hit? Like all over your face. But not eyeballs? No. And what? what's the means of death if I don't do it? That you're going to get sliced open by all these fucking wrist and ankle. That's pretty rough. Because no matter what, you're getting sliced open. Okay. Okay. And then most recently, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, in case you didn't figure it out by the fucking movie poster, there's the eye sucker. The eyeball sucker. Mm-hmm. 
Again, I believe the eyeball sucker was either that or break the fingers in one hand. And I'm like, for sure, break my fingers. Well, just let it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's I feel like that so far is the easiest one. No. And also, spoiler alert, is the brain surgery. That would be harder. That was crazy. That was hard. Where you have to like pull brain matter. No way. How do I? And you have to saw. What first of all, you have to saw, saw into open it. your skull. How mm-hmm. do you know you're not going into a part of your brain yeah. that's going to permanently fuck you up? That seems real aggressive. No, I couldn't do that. All right. Next up, we got a torture rack where you're trapped through your hands and feet with nails. Okay. Kind of like. Jesus on the cross, oh, right? Very stigmata. Mm-hmm. And another contestant must retrieve a key by getting shot. Otherwise, it's going to twist off all your limbs. So, again, you're trapped while another contestant has to get punished in order shot to save. Shot where, though? In the face. Well, who would volunteer right. for that? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> uh, and then we talked about the... Pints of blood in the last notes. Now yeah. we've got this like box-like contraption with circular saws. And you have to do 10 pints, which is the amount contained in a human body, right? So your whole body, but you're trying to work collectively yeah, as a group. Exactly. Got it. Cat got your tongue. You're strung up in a subway tunnel by your tongue. <laughs> Which is by your tongue? Uh huh. I don't think my tongue could support my weight. Which is connected to a metal contraption, and you're balancing on a flimsy wooden stool. Okay. And then your hands are behind your back, and you're kind of like shackled like a prisoner. Okay. And you have to either choose by ripping your tongue from your jaw, Mm -hmm. or waiting for the timer to run out and getting hit by the train. Mm. Is it instant death by the train? I mean, you're getting hit by a fucking subway train. I would think it'd be pretty splatter, splatter proof. But like just a tongue rip out? Yeah, you don't need a tongue. People live without tongues all the time. Mm-hmm. Just rip that fucking, it'd be like. It would suck. Ripping a piercing out. It mm. would suck real bad. Yeah. But I feel like it's survivable. Oh, yeah. The question is, is after you do that, do you then fall on the third rail of the fucking and subway and get electrocuted? And get run over by the fucking train. <laughs> okay. And then obviously the reverse bear trap. I mean, so what people argue is, is that your arm and to okay. hopefully survive, but then you're still trapped there. Yeah. And then like bugs crawl into your mouth and into your Ugh. rotting flesh. and. Ugh. So then you get to deal with that. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. And then the hacksaw, mm-hmm. which we all know that. Fuck no. That's I don't not, think I could do it. I think hack. I would. Maybe I'd get squirrely and mm-hmm. try and be like, mm, nah. And they decided that the worst of all was the gun carousel because it's so demeaning. Right. Like you've got all these people that are begging for their lives. You know that only two of you can survive. And it's this fucking asshole insurance agent that gets to decide like which one of it's going to be. So it's like this demeaning thing where, you know, I don't care about being demeaned. Yeah. I feel like a gunshot's easier than everything else you Amen. just described. Men. Who cares about being demeaned? You're, You're going to die in the face. Please. Mm-hmm. Please. Agreed. Versus ripping out my tongue ah, or anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'd much rather take a gunshot. So yeah, I don't think the list is very accurate as far as what not for I us, would, but mm, we might be sick individuals. I know. But all in all, speaking of sick individuals, thank you for sticking with oh, us for a hundred episodes. Hundred episodes, two and a half hour long, grand one hundredth episode, and then obviously my look of the week. Yes, I cannot wait because I you haven't, haven't seen, seen it. shit. I know. I have a whole fucking photo shoot. We got the whole family involved. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's a big ta-da. I'm so excited. Yeah. So, do you want to? Is there a? I mean, I've got it all on my phone. Do you want to look at it? And do give you want to just tell re- people what you did, though? Oh, well, I obviously made myself look like Jigsaw. Okay. And I got my parents to bring their rusty fucking riggedy ass old tricycle yeah for my halloween decorations and mm-hmm. we absolutely cleared out the whole driveway and we got violet out there she'll make an appearance in the background you can't really see her the only reason i know she's in it is because she's dancing holding mm-hmm. my phone because yeah. we're playing the music and she's so excited about the whole thing love and it she took my wig off and then put the wig on herself and started riding around the driveway yeah. to the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> at any point in your Halloween decorations, are you going to use your puppet popcorn bucket? My puppet popcorn. From oh! Saw. Yeah. Not this year. Maybe this year. Maybe. Oh, I might use it at our party, at, okay. our, at our block party. We have a block party coming mm-hmm. up, our annual block party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we went and saw Saw. That's right. I you forgot. got like a popcorn bucket that is, was named Billy? Yeah. So you'll have the pictures from the movie. You took mm-hmm. pictures of that. Yes, I will post those. We took pictures from inside with me posing with that. So yes. you could really get a good look of the makeup. Yeah. Because once we were outside, it was nighttime and we were trying to get like these red lights and the music and the um halloween decorations okay so you can't see the makeup as well mm-hmm. but it's everything okay okay it's it's a real it's a real vibe and then i might throw in a little something of violet where like most of the wig is covering her face but she's in her in her zone but yeah we've Love got it. yeah we've got this new little popcorn bucket thing yeah and yeah it's so fun we're I, sought out this year. Yeah, it was it was a, it was worth everything. I'm so glad my parents saved the tricycle, and I can't wait for you all to enjoy everything I put my husband through to take the video. <laughs> <laughs> we have one last train coming through, but while we wait for that to see these pictures of B and pictures of this week's episode and of our 100th so episode THC podcast on Instagram is the only place to really find us slide into my DMS. Come talk to me. I do talk back. Here we go. One last THC train drink. Y'all ready? And I think that's officially the final train mm-hmm. of True Hollywood Crime Podcast. We will have an updated rule for you next week because from here on out, we're doing one every week to finish out spooky season. We have some really fun ones coming up. I think we're keeping it fun all October. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. I'm excited. It's our favorite time of year. 
Thank you so much for 100 episodes. That's crazy. If you've listened, B, thank you so much for saying yes to this in the beginning. I know how hard it is you for you to say yes to something. We're so convinced I was going to say no. Of course. And when I said yes, you were like, wait, what? Yeah. We're, wait, we're, we're going to do this? And we've done it, baby. <laughs> Three years? How much longer do we keep going? <laughs> but we're here. And we love you guys, and we love spooky season, and we will see you, see you next, next time. Day. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Happy 100th episode. Happy Friday the 13th. Woo! Bye. We did it.